0: Remember, you are sworn to observe silence. If you break this rule, you will be dealt with severely. So, with the knowledge that you are powerless to stop the performance, just relax and enjoy yourself to the fullest extent. This program contains mature subject matter,
1: including
2: maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillys, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be
3: deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers.
4: Viewer discretion advised.
5: to understand how we built the pyramids, yeah. That's another shit to crack me up. White people say they don't believe in aliens till you ask them who built the pyramids. Aliens. <laughs> then ask them any other time. There's no such thing as aliens, crazy nigger. <laughs> they just don't want to believe a black man designed something that they can't fuck with to this day. You understand me? Motherfucker, you know how we built the pyramids? You ever play in a sandbox? You gotta ask a simple question. Just always flip the script. What if up is down and down is up? What if you look down into space, standing up on Earth? This is how we built the pyramids. You're playing a sandbox. It's easy to move a mountain of sand into position. Once you wet sand, it holds its form like concrete. You put the first brick at the apex of this motherfucker. Right? You move sand out of this corner and that corner and place bricks there on both sides all the way to the top. Now you let the sand dry out and drop that brick right through that bitch. Sand under pressure when it's dry moves like fluid. That's why you always find viaducts in all of the motherfucking pyramids. So the sand can shoot the fuck out the bitch. Now you have a hollow <laughs> And it's built into the ground in the same specs. It's not really a pyramid, it's a diamond. It is now topped off by quartz. And at the bottom is topped off by quartz. When moonlight comes through, it refracts off of the quartz in the bottom. The first refracting laser (laughs) illuminating the night sky, which is why they called Pharaoh God, because he could turn night into day. Thus the all-seeing eye on your dollar bill above the pyramid. Because the only part of the human body made out of quartz is a human eye. When it dries out, it's small granules of quartz. That's why light transfers through it. Holla at your boy.
6: Up is down and down is up. You, uh, you're listening to episode 138 of Behind the Schemes for January, excuse me, February 6, 2023. And you can't fuck with this. This is Blueberry Black Knight of the Mothman.
7: And all the way from way the hell over here on the bereft coast, where uh, we've got plenty of quartz mines, that we can share with you if you would like. My name's Lavish. I'm going to start with the eyes you got there. Mm, well, there's plenty of that. Plenty of that running around. I never, I never knew that. It's a very interesting fact. Yeah, plenty of quartz.
8: It's interesting uh, that
7: that is, that the eye is made of quartz. I didn't. I was not aware of that either. Yeah, that's what uh, allegedly.
6: I mean, if the uh, who Was that again? Eddie Griffith? Griffin. It's Eddie
7: Griffin. Yeah. yeah.
6: If he's to be believed, I mean,. He's if, great. if microchips are made out of silicon and silicon is a type of quartz <laughs> Does that mean that our eyes are kind of like microchips? Yes. Hmm. Um. Crack the code. Excuse We're to it. Me, excuse me while I ascend. <laughs>
7: <laughs> we've been trying to go up the pyramid all this time, but really, we've been, tra- we've been needing to go below the pyramid. That's... Because below the pyramid is above the pyramid.
6: Excuse me while I go wipe my brains off the back of this wall over here. <laughs>
8: Uh, how you doing?
7: How's your week? Oh, week's okay. Cruising along. I, 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 trying to have a good time here. Uh, dealing with some some uh, bad news in the family, but other than that, uh, just uh, pressing on. Uh, <laughs> the rain finally stopped. Hey, there you go. Uh, For a bit, so there you go. I went out into my garden, which I haven't touched in months. And, um, I I have like a big patch of wild garlic growing there now that I didn't even realize because I had garlic in there from last year that I kind of ignored and didn't do anything about and it stayed there and, uh, it was there uh, when the weather for it came uh, for it to go back to work. I didn't realize that once the garlic grows and then it dies off, I figured it's just dead, but no, it stays there and it, and it. Grows back again when the season comes. So I got a bunch of garlic growing in my garden. So that was, a, that was a pleasant surprise. Hey, there you go. Yeah. How's your week going? Uh, it
6: sucks. I'm ready to do a show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's kick it off. Sounds good. Uh, we got a tarot card for tonight. And I was thinking about somebody earlier today. I saw Mary Kate Ultra is feeling a little under the weather. Uh, So, I hope she's feeling better, but she also drew the death card. And I was thinking about that while I was drawing tonight's terror card from the Line Strider deck. And this was one that jumped out of the deck. I caught it in such a way that I didn't see it. But I thought to myself, I've loved you. (laughs) I thought to myself, nah, we should look at this one. And lo and behold, it was the motherfucking death card.
7: Yep. The death card, indeed. Yeah, it's been feels like a death card around here. Uh,
6: this is the first time from the Lion Strider deck that uh, we've drawn this card. Um, I would say this is an incredibly striking uh, visual card. It mm-hmm. features a skull with an inverted pyramid triangle over its face. And inside inside the confines of the triangle, you can see a multitude of kind of pastel... Spring colors, uh, pinks,
7: blues, or
6: uh, magentas, blues, yellows, things Mm -hmm. of that nature.
7: Yeah, and a rainbow. Uh, I Um, like it. Just the skull overall is is black and white, but just in that upside down (laughs) (laughs) pyramid, you see the uh, the, the the true like spring transition nature refract through it. Much like a lens. Um, Yeah, like a prism, almost.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some key words about the Death Line Strider. Change, transformation, rebirth, destruction, cessation, loss, new beginnings, and liberation. The Death Line Strider refers to a period of transformation and transmission. This card urges you to throw away the, quote, dead burden. Clear up the things that are hindering your growth and welcome a new spring. The illustration of this card is quite deviated from the traditional images of death, which is certainly true. The original card features a full-bodied skeleton, uh, sometimes on a horse, sometimes in a field, reaping the crops.
7: Mm -hmm. My favorite uh, aspect of the traditional death card is that you have everyone from a king to a beggar present, uh, begging death to not come for them, (laughs) which shows... That every no one is is safe and that death is the great equalizer.
6: Well, you know what they say. At the end of the game, both the king and the pawn piece goes straight up my asshole. <laughs> that's what Sun Tzu said. That that's I believe that's the
7: first uh first rule of war. Yeah. It's either in the Art of War or the Art of Horror, I forget, but it's definitely in there somewhere. Someone wrote that down. It's on the internet, yeah. that's true. The Death card is obviously very scary. When people get it, they're like, Oh God, the Death card, I'm gonna fucking die. But the truth is, to me, Give that little sweetheart a little bit of love. That, that little sweetheart is a little more loving than, than you'd think. There are other cards in the deck that I'm more afraid of than the Death card. And the Death card usually denotes new beginnings, or a transition of some kind that is natural. As opposed to the tower, which is, uh, you know, strap up. You get a big something coming your way. Yep. Storms are coming. Buckle yeah. down the hatches. Death is more of a gradual process. Right. Because that garlic had to be planted and then died and then came back this year. Indeed. It, it sprung from the ground again. From the death comes rebirth. Yeah, the Death card is a lot like a, a, a Phoenix card.
6: Uh, when spreading the cards, Death Line Strider is an affirmation that you should welcome changes in your life as a positive and transformi- uh, transformative resource. And like you just said, uh, reading from tarotx.net, um. this card is often misunderstood and terrifying, but in fact it is a comforting and positive omen. It advises you to let change take place give up harmful attachments and welcome a more fulfilling life. And admittedly, I was a little relieved, I suppose, uh, seeing this as the card for tonight. Because um, I have just felt so completely out of whack that I'm, I'm ready for uh, some, some change. <laughs> Somehow.
7: <laughs> yeah. I think something is going to give this year. I think it's going to be a big year change for everybody. Even more so than previous years. I don't know. But I just feel like every year just gets more extreme. I feel like no year is easier than the year prior. Every year is just tougher and tougher.
6: Kind of weird. Hey, I mean, video games, they ain't known for getting easier the further you get into them.
7: Aren't they, though? You get better armor and you <laughs> you get better guns. and Well, I don't know. It's don't weird. Know. But... Yeah, no, But, but a, the, the enemies,
6: time. they get tougher armor and they get stronger weapons and you start coming across the, the big bad main bosses slowly but surely you're taking them out one at a time but you, you find that each one is just more
7: difficult than the next
6: or the last one.
7: Indeed.
8: This is the, the ladder of complexity of life. Um... Yeah, it's, uh...
6: Here we go. There's a final message. I'll read you, and then we'll move on from here. As we might have guessed, the great power of death takes us beyond ordinary democracy into philosophical and psychological implications. Death, like living, is eternal and ever-present. Individual forms always die while others others appear. Without death wiping out old things, nothing new would have existed in the world. Uh, many science fiction novels have written about a tyrannical society if the world leader doesn't die I mean, mm. the Spanish rebellion after Franco's death underscores the importance of death
7: ah thank goodness I finally got rid of that damn queen of England she was around way too long yeah <laughs> finally England can, can feel a renaissance under the tutelage of King Charles Charles <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Just saying King Charles's name Got the gimp going Oh goodness
1: Yes ma'am <laughs> Dominate me <laughs>
7: Alright calm your tents gimp <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll uh Ooh. It is a party tonight The Dragon Dragon
6: Dragonzord's already out He's already willing, dealing Gimp's acting up We've already got a couple of gimp, Uh goats Jim
7: Jones is in
6: the house. Oh, Um, goodness. Um, We will read these boostergrams out here in just a second. But if you want to check out that tarot card, it is at the top of our show notes, which you can find over at Zososcorner.substack.com. Z-O-S-O-S-Corner.substack.com. That's where all of our notes, images, show art, links, references, memes, producer credits, all of that's found over there.
7: So And links to everything We've got a chat room We've got uh, a store Where we sell merch, uh, shirts and stuff We've got uh, all kinds of things You want to check out It's com. And then on top of that Just a lot of really great And absolutely free so of betrayed. charge oh, We've been so terribly betrayed We've been so terribly betrayed uh, All kinds of stuff over there com. Yeah, and uh,
6: Everything that you've been listening to has been a Boostergram, which is a micropayment of Satoshi's, uh, uh, a very small, yeah, a little teeny tiny piece of Bitcoin. These are all micropayments sent over the Lightning Network using a Nude podcast app. And you can find a Nude podcast app by going to NudePodcastApps.com.
7: Agreed and agreed. Or com. if you don't want to, uh, if you're at work, you know, and you don't want to risk it. Oh, you should totally risk it. <laughs> Save search know, off. Always. There are people out there that make a good living, you know, and all it takes is one bad uh, search engine query to, to screw it all up, boobs. Oh, that must have been what happened to that one IT guy
6: that was working at Bill Gates' mansion and got popped for uh, CP.
7: <laughs>
2: oh yeah!
7: <laughs> what a dirty bird! Get him out of here! Uh, clean up your actor, else must be the guy that uh, fixed a hunter's laptop. Must be. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually sure it was. Tell you the truth.
6: Um, but yes, we uh, all of those apps will do something new and cool. Whether it be show you chapters, which is our third second half of show. <laughs> That's all the bonus uh, bonus material that you'll never have to pay for is found in the chapter art. Um, they got transcripts. You can listen to a podcast live on the air in the app. There's chat rooms, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and some of them will send boostagrams. And we already had a few come in for today. So I will go all the way back to the end of last week's episode. I think this was in the post show. But we had two sixty-six, sixty-six boosts from Petar saying
1: "fuck."
7: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the last episode was the first one in a little while that Pitar didn't slaughter at least thirteen goats. And I think he was making up uh, a makeup, being like, "Ah, fuck, I missed it."
6: What's um, what what kind of what, what kind of treats or what kind of uh, goats do you want to treat them with?
7: Oh, just whatever the medley is. At least one katana.
6: One katana? All right. Yeah. got. I got you.
1: <laughs>
7: yeah. <laughs> Slice and dice.
2: Mm, the first blood of the outta night outta has here. been
7: spilled. Get this motherfucking goat out of here.
6: Uh, so thank you for those, Peter. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, thank you, Peter. We have a new name in the boostergrams, but not an unfamiliar name to this show. I forget what number it was, but we got a five thousand sat boost from Matthew PM Bigelow, who was Bigelow. He was the uh, he was one half of the Japan What podcast we had uh-huh, uh-huh. we had those guys on i don't i think it was uh sir sir seat sitter
7: yes i was not present for that one
6: uh matt does a podcast called japan what uh, which is kind of a um it's a it's a definite actually i do have some clips of his show we can get into a little bit later so maybe i'll save part of this presentation uh for then um, that was episode sixty-seven Plastic Shit Sample, which fun fact,
8: featured the very first uh, tabloid cover show art. A little bit of trivia for you. Throwback uh,
7: Monday.
6: Uh mm-hmm. so thank you for that, Matt. Uh definitely appreciate that. Glad to see you in Podcast 2.0 app. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh we had 1-1. One, one, one one. I'm sorry, how many ones is that? Four ones. Eleven eleven from Uza. Saying Roa Dix from the Novak. Ooh, help me with this last name. The uh, Djokovic.
7: Jo- Djokovic fan club. The Novak Djokovic fan club. Well, thank you. I'm glad that there's at least one other out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I'm with you in spirit. Oh, well, I know. I know. But it just it's always nice to see someone who actually, you know. Has watched tennis. It's uh, it's, there's like dozens of us out there.
1: <laughs> we
7: almost cut ourselves for a whole match. <laughs> yeah, we can almost play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness.
6: Well, thank you, so we appreciate that. We also yes, had a, uh, from DAG 4444 through Fountain, and Uzo was boosting through Fountain, uh, Matt Bigelow through Podverse. Uh, we had 4444 44 from Dag, Dag. And, he, and he sent in an image. Tell me, what do you think of this image? W- what comes to mind? Hmm.
7: Oh, pornographic material. Uh, uh, one time, a friend of mine made me a, a wallet out of duct tape. Yes. Uh, which is a very common thing, I think. A lot of people have duct tape wallets. And uh, basically, this is what happens when you water it.
6: Yes, it it kind of envelops you like a second skin. It's yes. almost,
8: this is like
6: the duct tape
7: symbiote. Or uh, like the silver surfer, but uh-huh. the duct tape surfer.
6: Yes, with the, he, but he still has the pink lips.
7: <laughs> yeah, which of course is racist. Silverboard pink lip. Hmm. <laughs> Hot lip. Hot lip Tyler. Hot lip, Tyler. Ooh, that's nice and inside. That's some inside baseball, there, folks. Spooky, yeah, this bitch. This guy's covered head to toe in duct tape, except for his his lips.
6: <laughs> I mean, would you want tape on your lips? Actually, don't answer that. I won't. I will. I want to assume yes. I won't answer that. Uh, we had sixty six sixty six from Makeurism saying mm, "Bomaye,
8: boom ya, Boom Boomya Boom Boomya 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 As the kids say Hashtag wrecked well, thank you for that one we had uh, and that was through Fountain we had twenty eight seventy
6: four from Bully Steed saying good evening. Good evening. Uh, Dame B. Hello there. Hello there. 8888 from Pfeiffer through Fountain saying, Spending time with the gimp always makes me feel better.
7: Delicious. Well, you know what they say. Gimping makes me feel good.
6: (laughs) Gimping, gimping,
7: gimping, gimping. (laughs) Bring (laughs) out (laughs) the gimp. (laughs) Mm.
6: Uh, 1621 from McHeroism. That's the call of the dragon's trying to get wet. I see call of the Zord brah. And then that last one was 1170 through Fountain from bully steed saying quality and life and not static. You are either moving towards
7: or away quali- uh, away from quality. Indeed. Yes. Life is not static. One must be a shark, and one must be
8: either moving forward or moving backward. Mm-hmm. You know it. Uh, and that catches us up.
6: That's all of our boostergrams. If you want to get in on that action, again, all you got to do is just go over to NudePodcastApps.com and take off all your clothes.
7: Mm-hmm. You don't need one lick of a shred of cloth on you. Not necessary. Un- Unneeded. As a matter of fact, it's downright superfluous.
6: Absolutely.
7: Um, Why
6: don't you tell the good people when and where we do this show? I'm going to get a couple of ISOs here lined up.
7: Oh, please do. Uh, Meanwhile, I'll tell them that we are what they call a value-for-value production, which means that we don't have ads, we don't have any corporate sponsorship whatsoever. Uh, We do this for a couple of reasons. We don't want to do dumb reads, And we don't, especially the reason why we do it, is we don't want to be beholden to any censorship. We don't want anybody to have the power to tell us what we can or cannot talk about. And so we rely on the good grace of the people. The people speak, and they contact us either through uh, spook.social or through email or through what have you, through the chat room at hashtag greenroom and on Net. And, uh, and you can uh, contribute to the show in your own way. You, yourself, can be a producer of a, a genuine broadcast program. And you can find us uh, at BehindTheSchemes.com or Zoso's Corner.Substack.com or uh, LoveIsLit.com. Yeah, LoveIsLit. <laughs> or BadRadio.Live. We've got all kinds of places you can go.
4: Absolutely.
7: Oh, and uh, I think that one of the easiest ways That you can uh, produce the show Is you can give us a call And leave us a scream mail
6: Yeah Let me, uh, we do Oh, you know what? We have to play the jingle
5: Behind the schemes Yes Yes, Carolyn, hot as hell
0: Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call Every word you say is suspect You're a corporate whore and industry uh, of-
6: Put on your 3D glasses
9: now.
6: That's how the muffin comes. <laughs> Dan, straight, don't you forget it. But Lavish is correct. The easiest way that you can support this production is by calling 612 263 7999. Call us up. Let us know how you're doing. Scream for us if you want to. I did actually pull a special
8: Scream ISO.
5: Scream, yes.
8: <laughs> oh, goodness. Lavish, you still there?
7: Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I don't no. know why, but I was muted for some reason. I don't, I don't remember muting myself. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
7: That was a good one. It, it, yes. The screams. The screams. Yes.
6: Uh, let's check this first one. This might be a new color. Let's uh, let's find out.
10: Is this behind the shim shim shimmy? It is. I hope so. I think you guys are awesome. I wanna thank you guys for all that you do. Keep hitting it hard. Lavish, Blueberry. You guys rock thank you. and roll. Know you. And know how to free your soul. You guys are good. I'm thankful you're in this world. I pray for your well being. Not to the goats. <laughs> but the uh,
1: <laughs>
10: Creator, you guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much for all the love that you put into everything and that you share all right be well with all peace oh this is captain caveman all right ciao for now yo yo captain
7: caveman captain caveman well golly gee whiz what a fine scream mail you know it doesn't really get much better than that
6: yes that's uh that is a just a burst of affirmation thank you It's a much. triple platinum uh scream mail thank you caller thank you captain Yes, and uh, it's only because of the interaction that people in that make it as fun as it is. Yeah, takes a village. Right, just...
2: Of like goats I, I, to slaughter.
6: Could never in a million years imagine ever doing this show not
7: live. It, what What's the point? <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> well, we, you know, we might as well just not even do the show together, the two of us. We might as well just write a script... And then we'll pretend that I'm talking. I'll record all my things pretend that I'm talking to you. You do the same. And then we just edit our the files together. You see how much work that sounds like? Sounds like so much. Yeah, but you can, you can do it whenever, you know? And you never have to hold, be held accountable. Oh, and yeah, by the way, but- you can just do an AI thing, too. We don't <laughs> even need to do it ourselves. We just write a script, and then we put our voices in the AI. But live to
6: tape... But live to eat
7: i know it's good hey this is what we we <laughs> like doing it live because you get to see all the good little the granules oh. and the little blemishes and all the little stuff you it's, know it's true our show is trying to be real and um oh i was going to say something <laughs> yeah, i can't say it thank you thank you fiber <laughs>
6: The village is now one goat shorter, says Pfeiffer.
7: How right you are. The yeah. village is shrinking every show.
6: And I just uh, checked the meth and, uh, hmm, checks out.
7: There's <laughs> definitely a dead goat right there. Uh, it's too bad. Too bad. <laughs> well, <laughs> onto the forklift you go. Later. Just shove you over in the pile there real quick.
6: JCD, do you smell that?
5: Stink! Stink worse than an elevator full of Martha Stewart's. What the hell did Martha Stewart
7: ever do to John C. Dvorak? I'll never I'll never know. Stinks. I do <laughs> want to clarify, because I know that sometimes, if for anybody who's listening for the first time, uh, when we say Boostergram, that was just it. The goat that you heard being slaughtered, that was somebody saying, sending 6,666 Satoshis, which uh, is just a, a small fraction of Bitcoin only a couple bucks really you know for it, now it's the free and open source uh,
6: solution to youtube super chats indeed uh yeah. i don't like i don't like the word alternative i like to call things what they are
7: solutions better <laughs> 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 yeah yeah um so there you go i uh i'm seeing another
6: voicemail in here that says suspected uh uh spam but i think that's bullshit so we're going to check it out all right
1: hey, hey. Uh, how to kill your friends and influence morons episode 136
10: uh mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the website Oh, there's no web player uh, you know the podburst plugin mm. anyway audios <laughs>
7: Oh, that was spam. Delete that. <laughs> Home in on target. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Sir. My crotch giving That's us a, a little uh, special agent, Dr. Sir, my crotch secret Asian man, Dr. Sir, uh, special agent, uh, secret agent, Dr. Sir, my crotch giving us a little, uh, a little technical feedback. Thank you, sir. Dr. Special agent.
6: And I'm actually on the way to update that as we speak. You know, we do the, we get these uploaded at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes we get stuff missed.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, we do the show live, and the episode that we do here, you know, is usually between 2 to 3 hours, and then what people may not know is that we're actually on the stream for an additional 3 to 4 hours doing um, post-show stuff uh, every single Monday night, so you can hang out with us until the wee smalls. And
6: uh, the episode 136 is updated. So now it features the Podverse player. Boom. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Thank you you like
11: back, that? Sir. Uh, Is that what you want? Ooh.
7: Bully <laughs> Steed. That's what she wanted. She just diamond-daved us with 7777. She said, just peeked at show notes. And by the way, peek, she spells this in like, I'm peeking right now. I'm going to peek. So she just peeked at the show notes and she's rubbing her hands in delight. She said, It'd be a fountain. <laughs> fountain. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, damn, we shouldn't keep her
6: waiting. You want to get into some material?
7: Why not? But I'll just say the, the phone number one more time. 612-263-7999. Don't be shy. Give us a call. Yeah. Yes, I'm ready to road.
6: Um, I'm thinking classic power struggle. D20, highest goes first.
7: Mm, tale as old as time.
2: Three, I lose.
6: <laughs> Not tonight, motherfucker. That's right. I got a one. And
5: he likes a taste of them apples. Apples the sauce, bitch.
7: Oh, fuck. I won? Fuck. <laughs> there it was. I was just so, like, dead on. I was like, three? No way. But, yes, way. A critical failure. Hey, that's a spooky 13 right there. I like it. Ooh, I like. Oh, did you see the moon last night? By the way, not to go too off the rails, but so I was looking at the moon. We had pretty heavy
6: overcast. Uh, Oh, that's too bad. But it was just wispy enough that there was a halo around the ring, and I Mm. could—no joke. (laughs) Come on, man, not a joke. I could put four four of my hands inside of the halo. That's how huge it was. Pretty. Yeah, it was. uh, It was good. I should have taken a picture.
7: I love it when they have that the the halo action going. It's very cool, very uh, spooky. It and is. you saw it through the through the overcast, which is impressive. Yeah, I mean the moon was still it's still visible.
6: It's kind of got that like uh, a haze almost.
7: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's integral to the creation of the halo. The halo requires the haze. Where I was at, it was surprisingly clear. It's been raining and raining, and then it cleared up for that. And I went outside after dark just to, like, go outside to do something, and I was, I, I, like, got blinded by how bright the moon was. Like, what the fuck is that? And it was the moon. So, Anyway. I think I,
6: did I? Did I? Ah, here we go.
8: Let's swim to the moon.
7: Oh, Larry. Oh, Larry. Yes. I've been listening to Planet Rage pretty consistently now for like a couple of weeks, and uh, it's just nice to wake up to old Larry Blidner, of mm-hmm. course, uh, Mister Derrano.
6: Yeah, the time change kind of, uh, kind of fucked with the listening schedule because by mm-hmm. the time that uh, the sh- the shows get started at one o'clock, I make it an hour through, and then it's time for uh, things to get started at work typically
7: right? Yeah. Well, you know, Monday's a, Monday's a busy day for all of us, right? Here. No uh, doubt. But it's been, it's been groovy. And it's always nice to hear Larry, uh, especially live because the Larry show isn't live, you know? So it's fun to, it's fun to get him in a live atmosphere because live shows are where it's at. Anyway, not to get off the rails too bad here. Uh, what I brought tonight was a, it's a curiosity. And it's something that has affected the both of us uh, quietly for the entire time that we've done the show together. And it is a podcast that is called Behind the Schemes. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. You may have heard of it. You may have heard Wait, about it. this one? Behind the Schemes. No, no, no. Not, not that one. Oh. The other one. We're behind the schemes, but they these guys, these other guys, they're behind the schemes. That behind the schemes, yes, mm. yes. So, I was looking into it, and every now and again, somebody will say something about the the name of our show. They'll say something like with the threes or whatever. They'll make fun of us. But the truth is, is actually, it's I I, I would prefer if if it were in a perfect world, our show would just have backwards ease. To me.
6: Well, funny enough, if you, <laughs> God, and I spent too long trying to work this in, but if you check out our RSS feed, we have both SCH3M3S and SCH existential quantifier M, existential quantifier
7: S. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we've got all the obscure stuff covered.
6: But that uh, is nigh
7: impossible to uh, <laughs>
6: to search.
7: <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's always the joke, you know. And I, if I'm trying to look us up or whatever, this this show will always show up first. I'm always like, well, who are these guys? The these behind the schemes, the other behind the schemes. Uh, and it turns out the other behind the schemes, as we've talked about and as you've told me, is a podcast that ran between 2012 and 2017 about uh, animal cruelty, essentially. It was uh, talking about the business of poaching, or talking about endangered animals, or talking about you know some practice somewhere in the world that was hurting animals. So it's basically just this big, kind of wannabe PETA type of podcast. And a lot of the episodes as I found, are usually between like 17 and 20 minutes long, uh, sometimes a little shorter, sometimes a little longer. And it is all part of a nonprofit, as I found out, called Animaticius or Animaticus or Animaticus. A N N A, say Anna M I so T. Animaticus. 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 An-anim-icus. Ananimicus. And this. Anamiticus, Analyze in, me. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, uh, just just wear a shirt, boobs. Just wear a shirt. Analyze me. Um, so I, I was looking into these guys. Anamiticus, and it says this on their About Us page at animiticus.com, works to protect imperiled species by advocating for enforcement of wildlife crime laws, educating the public about the wildlife trafficking crisis and scrutinizing wildlife trade issues. And uh, they were around, uh, what is it, it's 2023. It's uh, February 6, 2023. And this show ended in 2017. So it's been five, uh, six years since uh, we've heard of this person. And, and this person, there's one person that's kind of running the whole show as I found out. This Animaticus is a 501c3 nonprofit. And through them, I think they have some copyright, or they have some sort of LLC situation, and uh, the, uh, the podcast behind the schemes falls under that. And if you go to the About page, you find that the whole thing is led by a gal named Rishi, uh, Rija, Kota. Rija Kota, who has a couple couple things online that you can find about her. Uh, easy, easiest to find would be her Twitter page. Which is her name is spelled R H I S H J A.
8: Risha. Risha. I don't know. Uh, no,
7: I she think it's
8: has private or protected mwah,
7: I was about mwah. to say. So you go to her Twitter page. She is a private Twitter page, so you can't see anything that she posts. Uh, and she only has. How, how many people is she following? Can you see? Uh. She's following 33 people. She's following 33 people. And she only has 18 followers. And her underlining caption of her Twitter page is obscurity.
8: Yay. Mm, Obscurity dot yay. Obscurity period. Yay. She's
7: a a mysterious figure for somebody who wants to have a podcast and be sort of ahead of a nonprofit, this big public thing She's, There's hard to find anything on her. Uh, she has a LinkedIn page, which I can't access really, because I gave up my LinkedIn a little while ago. Uh, and you have to like pay for it in order to get the good stuff. I uh, went to the website uh, and they had a little blurb on her. Rija Kota, founder, creative director. Uh, the, the, the opening line here is the latest thing they have on the site is an update from 2022. And it's very, it kind of sums up the whole personality that I've gotten from this lady. Uh, Many of you know that Rija has volunteered tirelessly as the founder and creative director of uh, Animiticus since 2012. Uh, She is currently working as a consultant with a U.S.-based IT firm. Very uh, vague. Well, a consultant with uh, USAID Wildlife, and USAID, as Adam knows, and as Adam has said, is a basically the they're the they're the big money uh, nonprofit. If you want to be a nonprofit and you want to get funding, then these guys that's, are the ones that you want to go to. Yeah, it's the way to go. These guys are the Ford Foundation. These guys are the you know. When you listen to Mo MoFax Mo Fax talks a little bit about that, uh, especially in the. Um, in the barack obama episode uh episode 44
6: big uh, bank barry
7: big bank barry <laughs> he talks about that and he, t- he talks about yeah so so she already has like a spooky, a spooky connection to spooky world famous giant nonprofits. now she developed and implemented the pangolin species identification materials project she is in deep with the pangolins You'll find if you keep looking up for stuff, pangolins keep coming up over and over again, which reminded me of all the pangolins that they were talking about when COVID started back when they were trying to explain away the fact that they made it in a lab and dropped it on people mm-hmm. before everybody kind of like knew that they were like, well, actually bat soup. Well, actually a pangolin mated with a whatever. And, and that's how the virus got started. So there's that connection, which I think is.
8: I wonder, is she on
7: Mastodon? Mm, that's a good question. I couldn't find her uh, in that, but maybe you could be more successful than me.
6: Well, I am looking at her website, and while she's got her tw- Twitter page privatized, she's still got a widget on her website that retweets her tweets in a thread.
7: <laughs> I see it on the right side, yeah.
6: Um, uh, breaking, let's see... Uh, retweet in Barack Obama. There you go. The way I'm going to evaluate any per, uh, proposal touching on social media and the internet is whether it strengthens or weakens the prospects for a healthy, inclusive democracy. Then she tweeted, uh, April 18th, 2022. Millions of people are still mourning lo- uh, loved ones lost to COVID. Their grief intensified, prolonged, and even denied by the politics of the pandemic. Hashtag COVID is not over. Uh, Very spooky.
7: All spookies. Yeah. Anything else?
6: I just been retweeting Obama more. Retweeting Dan
7: Rather. Uh, So from what I can tell, she's a she's a real big Obama bot. She's a real big kind of just white rich Democrat leaning. Lady, oh my god! Tell.
6: She retweeted Mr. T on April 6, and he said, "I just received my second Moderna booster vaccine, and I feel good. I'm still gonna wear my mask and keep my distance because the virus ain't over, fool, girl." Good,
7: Mr. T. Good, Mr. T. I read that as is, by the way. A <laughs> fool, a fool. Doogie The virus. We get the vaccine. I mean,
6: oops. Remember when some people were like, "But Sweden," and I was like, "Quote, fuck that shit." Wow, they've sent their best. <laughs> that was one of
7: her tweets.
8: <laughs> oh,
7: <laughs> mm. yep, this <sighs> is her. So she's a uh, Miss Rich Liberal chick. So I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out like whose daughter she is. Basically, <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to kind of figure out who she's related to. Her whole thing just reeks of. Rich girl who's trying to, um, just trying to like do something and be busy with stuff that she cares about. Hmm. Uh, and wildlife is, that's just the dream. You just get to travel all over the world and you get to, you get to do it in the name of, you know, being this magnanimous animal savior, but it's really just an excuse to, to run around the world and pet cute animals. And that isn't cheap. It's not cheap to do that. It's not.
6: Saving the world is probably the farthest thing from cheap you could find.
7: Yeah. How are you able to fly to Hanoi? How are you able to fly all around to Cambodia and to, to Africa and to Asia, all these places, Thailand? How are you able to do all this? Well, oh, and she's a Stanford uh, certified project manager as well. She's got a Stanford connection. She's got a BA in government from uh, Cal State SAC. Sacramento, of course, being the uh, capital of California. A lot of uh, federal connections over there. So the whole thing on her, from what I can find, just the few things I can find, just they just reek of spook. And this lady uh, just just seems kind of weird. Uh, she was, let me go back and make sure I got that right. And Bully steeds right. Yeah, the USAID is a CIA front. It's gay. It's fake. A uh, CIA front. Can you take a look at the chat? Because I'm going
6: to try. I'm going to butcher that name if I try. Can you confirm in the chat if that's her name? That's Rishan? her name.
7: Rija Koda Larson.
6: She has an uh, an IMBD page where she was, they were, I shouldn't assume, I'm sorry, a camera and electrical department for a documentary in 2015 called The Price. Uh, synopsis reads as As the Rhino Wars return to Africa. And the world's last viable rhino populations teeter on the brink of extinction. It's people like Ted Riley and his son, Mick of Swaziland, who risk everything to protect them and other critically endangered animals from disappearing forever. Uh, With rhino horn, the most expensive illegal substance on the Asian black markets today, protecting rhinos has never been more dangerous or important. The price examines humanity's role in bringing about the current six mass extinction and follows the legendary Riley's and their pioneering work with international animal protection, species regeneration, and and in their epic quest to halt humankind's march towards a world
7: without rhinos. Imagine a world without rhinos.
6: Imagine no rhinos. Imagine there's no rhinos. I mean... It ain't hard to do. <laughs> oh, no. No more Mitch. Shit. No more Mitch. Shit.
7: And to clarify, Animiticus, I believe, is uh, the actual scientific name of a rhino that went extinct. Oh. I did not so know that. So that's, that's where that name comes from, according to their website. So, Yeah. The rhino apparently a very, very important uh, animal to protect, and also a political slur. Oh my god! Is are they out of Tucson, Arizona? What the? Yes, f- they are. <laughs> 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 yes, indeed. Oh, Regia lives in Tucson, Arizona. That's funny. I might, uh,
8: I might ask. Uh, you know, I know some people. You know, Very a curious. couple
7: Tucsoners, Tucsonis? two stoned. Yeah. It's a dry sort of hate. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is dry over there, so yes. <laughs> Any kind of hate would be dry hate in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, I also found her website. She has a website called Rija.com. I will post it in the chat. Uh, this is where I'm like, okay, this lady's just. Just kind of has things taken care of for her. Uh, She has uh, an art page called Snoots and Teefers. Snoots plus Teefers. She has
8: a music blog called Beeps plus Boops plus Beats plus Bass. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did I mention she's like 40-something, <laughs> by the way? Oh so my. It-
6: I, I I'm looking at the artwork, and I see one called... Tycho Tentacles <laughs>
7: <laughs> Bonjour Tycho Tentacles, yes. Oh goodness.
5: That's so the art funny. is like
7: okay, it's half decent. I mean it's not good enough to be like professional or anything, but it's, it's it's half decent. Somebody who who does it habitually. Uh she's got, you know, merch some merch and shit as well. Whatever. And I just—I couldn't help myself, man. I had to look into this lady. I had to just see what the hell this gal is, and why—why why it's so tough for us to get this name, uh, just in the bag, just by, uh, just by default, you know. Just want to be able to type in behind the scenes and have our show come up, <laughs>
8: you yeah. know
7: but you don't catch it. You catch this gal's thing. And she's kind of just off the map. shes I don't know where she is. She's probably in, in Thailand right now getting a foot massage. I don't know. But I just wanted to talk about her, I guess. I mean, that is, I don't know.
6: I've, I thought about it a lot when we very first started out, trying to wrap my head around SEO, which I still <laughs> obviously don't care enough about.
8: Um, and I don't know. I mean, I guess at the time my thinking was, well,
6: I guess if somebody that uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you gotta you gotta know what you're looking for if you want to listen.
7: It's like it's well, I'm not, it's almost I'm, like having, first of all, I'm not blaming you. Like I want you to no, clear no, no, about no, that. No. I'm not I'm not saying that you did anything wrong. I'm just saying. This lady, I'm just, I'm just wondering how, I I almost was like looking for a way to like email her, but I didn't think that that was going to work either. I didn't think this lady was going to oh, uh, do anything for us, but
6: I just wanted oh, to yeah. make sure that she we at should, least existed. We should, uh, <laughs> we should invite her on the show. <laughs> I mean, yes, we should. Well, I won't dox her email on, uh. Year, no, don't
7: do that. Don't do that.
6: But I'll post it in a. How about a back
7: channel to you? I got it. I think it's the contact information on the Anamiticus.com. Ah, uh, yeah, her name. Okay. So yeah, it's I got I just, all
6: that stuff. I just checked
7: the RSS feed, for and that. if I really wanted to find her, I would just call the Tucson Herpetological
8: Society.
1: Hmm.
7: You know those Ooh. herpes, those frogs?
8: Yeah. Oh, well, I, I know. <laughs>
7: Uh, cool Uh, I came across that And then I also came across one last thing Again, this is a night of curiosities Um, before you do that I,
6: just because I don't Often get to play ISOs involving Tentacles
5: Hands, tentacles, you know
6: (laughs)
8: You know how I do
6: it (laughs) (laughs) Nice Uh, Tycho tentacles It's
8: pretty cute a
7: key yeah. little drawing. Whatever. Yeah. What you
6: got? Well, what was the other thing?
7: Uh, the other thing I found, uh, which I think might be common knowledge to some of our listeners, but I found a funny little connection. I found out that Karl Marx uh, is related to the Rothschilds. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: And I found it through definitive WikiTree genealogical records. Found out that the both of them are descended from one Levi Barent Cohen. Uh, who lived between 1747 and 1808, and it turns out that that is a, a common ancestor between Karl Marx, the the supposed father of communism, and uh, the Rothschild family, uh, the probably the wealthiest family in the world, with uh, an estimated net worth of 500 trillion dollars.
6: Yeah, right there, father of Hannah Rothschild.
7: Mm-hmm. Well, wow. small world, and
6: you ain't small in it. Small
1: world. <laughs> <laughs> and
7: we're in it. Uh, it says on the biography section here, through the distinguished marriages which his children contracted, nearly all the leading Jewish families in England were connected with him. His daughter Hannah was the wife of Nathan May Rothschild, uh, and then they married some other guys. And uh, But German Germany, the, the Rothschild family is, as we know it, originally German. And what they did was they sent sons to all the other countries but their home base was in Frankfurt, Germany. So, uh, and Karl Marx, a lot of people don't know this, but Karl Marx was German. He wasn't a Russian. People think he's Russian because of his association with Stalin and and Lenin, but uh, he was actually a, a Jewish German. So I thought that was an interesting little family connection. I mean, you always hear about it and there's rumors and stuff, but there's an actual guy. That I can go, oh, there, there it is. And then if you go down the chain, you'll find them. You'll find them both.
8: Small world. It is a small world. So, <laughs> well, I'm going to give
6: uh, Karl Marx and his Rothschild, uh, Rothschild's family, Rosie Shields' family, a little bit of Larry Karma.
8: I may be lonely, but I'm never alone. Me too, Larry. Me too. Uh, and those are the curiosities
7: that I brought tonight. Uh, I, uh, I kept it light tonight. I, I, I went
8: a little heavy last week, and I kept it light this week. So, And so that's how it is. All right. Well, let's check if we got a screen mail, then. How about that? Sounds good.
6: Uh, which we do.
12: Monday, moonday Monday, Monday, Monday. It's the day before Tuesday. It's a Monday. Yeah, and you're will in the behind the scenes with firefish and blueberry mothman oh. of the apocalyptic plastic egg in the middle ish of a food table. Ta-da! Uh, So Saturday, we were doing day day and we had these uh, Lego sets that people got us. I had a Seinfeld one, his old thing, and uh, (laughs) the wife had a friend's one that somebody got her, and although I'm not a big friend's person, she is, so two. And uh, anyway, so I was building my respective uh, Seinfeld one, and and, then, you know, it's been a while, a long while since I've actually uh, hated a brand-new Lego thing, and going through the thing and pulling open the numbered bags and whatnot, and and building it all up, and then you get to the piece, and then you're like, did I put the wrong piece in, because I built on this back wall of Jerry's apartment, and, you know, I'm like, no, and so I started tearing it apart, I'm like, because I feel like I'm missing a piece, but so, at least for now, I haven't finished, because it took a little while, you know, so I opened up another bag and grabbed the piece, or two pieces I did need, and so hopefully they just put the ones in the wrong bag, and I don't have to take it all, like, halfway apart, which, if that happens, it happens, because it's still fun building, but yeah, yeah. If you get a chance, go build a Lego set. It's, it's fun. It's soothing. Oh, and yeah. it was like, I've, uh, she never really built a Lego set. They just had like, like Duplo box or whatever and, uh, stuff growing up or just like the generic Lego. Well, yeah, generic Lego sort of deal. So, uh, not like kits to build specific things or whatever. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty relaxing. It's kind of like put a puzzle together only different, you know. So, now I'm not a puzzle person, so it's fun. So, not much of an anger there, but, you know, hey, you don't always have to have a big scream. I mean, you know, sometimes you don't have to be like, ah, you can just be like, ah, whatever, you know, brush Mm it off, wipe your shoulders off, go for a run, you know. All right, well, I love you guys. Is that dangerous? And, you know, whether or not you're pacing back and forth in shorts and shoes and no shirt, or you're fully clothed sitting in front of the microphone or you're walking down the street naked listen to a podcast live before the cops pull you over because you're walking down the street naked, go ahead and yell a little
6: Lego sets are fun. Me and my ex used to do that all the time. That's good relationship
7: building activity.
8: Some <laughs> Lego stuff.
7: I see what you did there.
8: Yeah. 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 Hey. Hey, Hey, uh, hey, were yes. What's up with Chinese balloons?
7: <laughs> oh God. Bing, bang, 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 bang. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ba-ding. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh. Oh. Oh.
7: Gimp, you gotta stay in the chest. What's up with all these gimps? (laughs) What am I gonna do with all these gimps? You're coming in here, tasing them all the time. I can't get any sleep.
6: I actually, I've not watched any Seinfeld in any meaningful
7: capacity. You, yeah, but you've seen just like random episodes before, right? Uh, Yeah, bits here. That's all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. You know.
1: I
8: tell you, Jerry, these camps, they are everywhere.
6: <laughs> oh, do that one bit that he did on uh, stage. Um, <laughs> uh, what's Kramer- up with
7: Chinese balloons?
6: What? Which one? Kramer's ex, uh, epic freakout.
7: Probably oh, uh, the uh, the. Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you have the the beep, the sensor beep, ready? I don't know. I don't know if it goes that long. <laughs> we'll we'll try to go as long as we can. Oh,
6: sweet Jesus. Uh all right. Let me, all right, do you have it ready? Let me see what I can do. Here
7: uh racist Kramer rants. Okay, so uh uh Michael Richards he, he turns to the guy in the audience and goes, Hey you uh
6: I'm sorry, what was his actual Michael Richards, right? Michael Richards, yeah. I'm still pulling it up. Comp don't actually play it. Oh, you don't want okay, I just found that. unless you really want to
7: not really (laughs) it's okay i just wanted to do a bit with the sensor beep that's all
6: i'm fairly certain that this is like maybe the gestation of what eventually became count uh cancel culture
7: oh it was the start of it that's for sure You got in trouble before Cancel Culture really was a thing. This happened in what, like 2015, 2014, maybe? Oh, no, 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 no. This is early aughts. Early aughts. It's 2000, what? Five, four, three,
8: two. It's the fun. 2006. Damn, that was a long time ago. Shit,
7: that's almost 20 fucking years ago, dude. Yeah, you (laughs) like that? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, that was way before
8: the Cancel Cannon was loaded. Mm Mm-hmm. Noodle Boy wasn't even born yet. Mm Mm-mm. Not even. Not even. If I do all the labor, then why do you get
7: all the profit? (laughs) (laughs) You just own the place. (laughs)
8: I'm just a, I'm a puddle of a person. Mr. Puddle.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Puddle, you've done quite a damn good job. Keep up the
7: good work. Mr. Puddle, you're a, quit. Mr. Puddle, show me your nuts. Um,
6: Drip them all over my
7: The goat's open guts (laughs) Bum 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 (laughs) Delicious Sweets Intestines make me a dream We should uh,
6: Well what you should do Is call 612-263-SXXY Leave yourself a screen mail Because we're about to
7: go into Le intermission that's right. We're going to have a brief intermission, which was handcrafted, delicately artisanally by Boo Berry, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then we shall return after the intermission to see what Booberry uh, has to present for the second second half of show. Oh, it's so hot! Ooh, that Give us a hot. cool. God, that's a hot VHS. You <laughs> know, coming in, coming in, so
3: cool.
7: Oh, compressor, compressor.
0: intend to marry him
4: a drummer Well, even a real musician he just makes a noise
0: you don't know what you're talking about
4: if he played the violin or the piano anything that made sense but the drums kinds of dangers. One is what I just talked about, that we've arranged a society based on science and technology in which nobody understands anything about science and technology. And this combustible mixture of ignorance and power, sooner or later, is going to blow up in our faces. I mean, who is running the science and technology in a democracy if the people don't know anything about it? And the second reason that um, I'm worried about this is that science is more than a body of knowledge. It's a way of thinking, a way of skeptically interrogating the universe with a fine understanding of human fallibility. If if we are not able to ask skeptical questions to interrogate those who tell us that something is true, to be skeptical of those in authority, then we're up for grabs for the next charlatan, Or religious who comes ambling along.
11: I know it sounds crazy, but whenever I touch these sandwiches, and you're gonna laugh at me, you're gonna think I'm nuts, you're gonna think I'm crazy. When I touch these sandwiches, I feel the hands of every person who's touched them before me and after me. And I feel this jolt of, of like friggin' lightning or something from my head to the tip of my you know what. Sometimes. While I'm grabbing these sandwiches with my bare hands, I just can't help but throw my head back in ecstasy and moan. So whenever I go and talk to chicks, I just the chicks say to me, what are you doing? I say, yes, I do grab sandwiches with my bare hands in a factory. And... Don't laugh, don't laugh at me. I feel like a spirit, like an orb shoot through my body every time I grab a sandwich. You know, a lot of people laugh at me, they beat me up, they give be black guys, they broke my nose four times, you know, because because I just like to make sandwiches and I get bullied about it and I get bullied for it. And they pull my underwear up and, and due the feces, it does fall out because of how hard they pull. But will I stop grabbing sandwiches with my bare hands and moving them down the assembly line? Absolutely freaking nut, if you know what I mean. Like no, the answer is no way. Uh this is the only thing that brings my life joy. And you can you can beat me up, you can threaten to kill me, you can dox me, you can come to my house in a black SUV. I'm not gonna stop doing this. I love the people of this country, I love giving them soggy sandwiches, and no I'm not gonna stop. Can I help you at all, Dr. Lawrence?
3: I doubt it. I have a complaint to bring to the Brigadier.
11: complaint?
3: Yes. My establishment has been brought to a complete standstill. My staff are suffering the ill effects of a series of compulsory injections. You haven't had your own and, injections yet, have you? No, nor do I intend to. Oh, but you've got to have them. It's for your own good. Rubbish. Why should I waste my time having useless injections against an imaginary epidemic? Dr. Lawrence, it is quite clear that the disease exists. Major Baker is dead. He may have been ill for some time. I should be interested to see the results of the post mortem. Oh, Dr. Lawrence, you must admit there is. I a will l- admit nothing. There is no epidemic. Dr. Lawrence, please. You will excuse me, be
13: Why do you think your mummy or daddy are always telling you don't put that in your mouth? Let's
0: find out. Hi, Hi, kids. Why are we on television anyway? We're here to tell a little story about why you shouldn't put things into your mouth when you don't know what they are, and why you should never take anything a stranger tries to give you. Why not? Because if you ate somebody else's medicine, some bad food, or some poison... You could get very sick. I don't want to be sick. And that's why before you eat anything, you should always ask someone you love if it's okay. Okay. I love you. Can I eat the guitar? No. But but you can help me sing a song about eating things that don't belong inside you. Okay. I wasn't really hungry anyway. Well, wait. Maybe a little bit. Okay, everybody. If you see something that you want to eat before you do anything, remember this song. Don't you put it in your mouth? Don't you put it in your mouth? Don't you stuff it in your face? Don't stuff it in your face. Though it might look good to eat. Though it might look good to eat. And it might look good to taste. And it might look good to taste. You could get sick. Yuck. Real quick. Yuck. Real sick. Real eck. Don't you put it in your mouth. Uh-uh. Till you ask someone you. It's okay to eat like a muffin or a beet. Like a muffin or a beet. If you don't know just what it is, Remember, boys and girls? Stop. Don't put it in your mouth. Hey, what am I doing? I don't even like beets. Then don't put it in your mouth. Bye-bye, everyone.
13: Remember, boys and girls, never take anything from a stranger and don't put things in your mouth when you don't know what they are. If you eat somebody else's medicine or some bad food or some poison, you could get very sick. <clears throat> Always ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth.
1: Osaka
6: Welcome back to the second, second half of show for Behind the Schemes, episode 138. It is indeed a Monday, and you are listening live over at badradio.live or in a nude podcast app. And lavish... uh, Propose that we do a shot before, when we come back to second, second oh, half I'm, of the show. I, I made it. I made it. I didn't make it. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. I was like, uh, two minutes? Yeah, I can do this. I can go find that bourbon.
7: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to do a, a post-interview shot. Pouring in mine now as we speak. This is from the bourbon
6: ready to drink Hotel Tango. Hotel Tango
7: Lickus, or so I was running
1: around this?
7: Uh, it's a Hotel Tango Bourbon. Beautiful. I will be doing a Gentleman Jack Daniels. Mm, there you go, classic Jack. Classic Jack, classic ba- Jack. Back on the attack. Indeed. Laying down stacks. It's not wiggity-whack. Snapping up the back. Straight up, straight up,
6: brah. And uh, I'll be taking this shot from my 42nd Street nationwide tour shot glass. Oh, that's fancy.
7: I just got a normal shot glass. Oh Well, uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Cheers. And cheers, cheers. to everybody out cheers there. Cheers to the green room. Cheers to the no agenda stream. Ah,
8: ah Nice. Oh, yeah. Got a little is- bit of a hair with that one. <laughs> oh. A little Ooh. extra in there? Uh. <laughs> Excuse me.
7: You know, uh, drink them if you got them, smoke them if you got them, that whole thing. <clears throat> and uh, as we very likely may have said, it is episode 138, which means it's February 6th, 2023. It's currently 9.01pm here on the beref which means it's 11.01 in the central, which means it's just about midnight o one one over there on the East coast.
6: Yeah. And I want to say, ah, here we go. I got a new special 11 o'clock. ISO. so it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your kids
1: are?
13: <laughs>
7: it's a good one. I don't know where my kids are. Uh, I do know where they are. Actually. <laughs> They're I- the twinkle in my eye. Yeah. I was going to say, I-, I got a suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> They're the quartz in my eye. Yes, pee is stored in the bladder. <laughs> Splooge in the nuts. <laughs> yes, in Demundo. Did you see all this business with this turkey earthquake? By the way, I've seen a couple of screenshots. Uh, it looks pretty devastating. It is devastating. I've seen some videos of some uh, of some buildings just just collapsing. You know. Not in free fall speed into their own footprint or anything, but definitely collapsing. Yeah. It's fucked up shit, man. Turkey and anyway. Syria. Yeah. And Syria as well. So, God uh, to all those out there. It's a, it's a terrible thing. Terrible, terrible thing.
6: Uh, we do like to take some time to thank all of the people that come out and help us every week produce this Value for Value production. Uh, of course, like uh, Matt Bigelow said.
2: And this is a value for value scheme.
6: <laughs> it certainly is. Um, and uh, we definitely have a couple of people that we want to thank for tonight. Starting off, we had a, a handful of PayPal donations come through. We had both KS and Sir Cross Stitch with their monthly donations to PayPal of $5 and $5.33, uh, both land. Well thank you very kindly
7: both KS and Sir crossstitch, Yes,
6: yeah, so that's a the sort of, of donations. That's the sort of stuff the monthly donations that we put towards reoccurring services like spook.social
7: is mm-hmm. one of many examples. Indeed, and also just goes to to the show in general, uh, whatever the show may require.
6: Yeah, I'll probably look at I don't know. I we need to have a longer conversation off air. I've got some potential solutions to try out as far as uh mitigating the downtime of spook.social. Um mm-hmm. so we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens. Alright. Uh so thank you both for that. Uh my sister, Kitty Tarleton, came in with a very satiny PayPal donation of six dollars and sixty six cents. uh oh, very satiny. Thank you, Kitty. Yeah, we so appreciate that. Uh she's no stranger to producing this show she's uh I actually have one of her last checks featuring her uh maiden name <laughs> that was a donation to the show before she got married
7: ooh yeah that's a that's a keepsake yeah it's a it's an antique <laughs> she's In the, the big antique ayo oh <laughs> them fighting words i know <laughs> the man with the microphone Mm, looking to get my ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, regardless. Yes, Kitty. thank you, appreciate Kitty. It. We do appreciate that.
6: Um, Servo and Mr. Ed both had oh. submissions for intermission this week. Ah, dope. Mr. That Ed had, intermission. had that, uh, that really killer Carl Sagan clip I'm talking about uh, not letting science turn into some sort of uh, dogmatic
8: What's the word I'm looking here? Looking for here? Uh, a dogma. Just a dogma? A, yeah, an man. ideology. A,
7: a fake religion.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not even a fake religion.
8: Not even a fake religion. Very much so, a real one. Yes. Already, <laughs> we we didn't pay attention to Carl. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> we dropped the ball. We drop the ball, we drop that ball, we
0: drop the ball, gotta drop I that ball. I miss Carl
7: Sagan, man. <laughs> Carl Sagan was a real scientist, not like these Neil Grassy ass Tysons that don't actually do any science, don't mm. actually do anything. Well, except belittle you, talk down for you, you ignorant peon. Yeah, and, like, make shit up. I got so excited when they were doing the new Cosmos series, which is what Carl Sagan did back in the day, which is a a landmark, like, science teaching program, television program. And they redid it with grassy ass, and they just, like, made shit up. I've seen people rip apart, episode by episode, all of the falsehoods that they promote, and it's very political. It's very, very scheming and very agenda written bullshit so it was just sad i liked it when i watched it the first go around and then i was like wait a minute Mm-mm. that's not what
1: happened
6: <laughs> i uh i was looking back through the archives and i have a neil bonus the sun is freaking white 25 seconds you want to check this out sure
9: so and, and daylight does that look blue to you? No, it, I mean, but b- it's bluer than a than a a a cooler well cooler uh, lamp. Sorry. It's, bl- it's bluer than a low temperature lamp. Right. But but if you look at the five thousand six, that's daylight. By the way, it's not yellow. That is not a yellow lamp. Yet you still have people saying the sun is yellow. Sun is yellow. no, it's not. The sun is freaking white. Okay.
7: <laughs> wow, what a genius.
6: Literally, bro. It's like I can't go fucking anywhere without some schmuck saying the sun's fucking yellow. Oh, uh, what the fuck is going wrong with this country? This is what happens That's when you really don't spank your kids.
7: Everybody says so dumb. Everybody's so fucking damn. Stupid. So stupid. So damn. You've seen the, his shit with the water cooler situation, right? The the blue and the red water cooler handles. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm going to par- I'm gonna do an impression of him and I'm going to paraphrase it. He was like, you know, when I go to the water cooler and they have the blue spout that gives out cold water and the red one that gives out hot water, that confuses me because blue flames are hotter than red flames. And so when I see blue, I, I assume that it's actually hotter than red because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm just going to go out on a limb. So I. So these are my
9: issues that I'm bringing to you, Chuck. I well, don't have a solution for them. I'm just highlighting them. And and by the way, when I walk up to a water cooler, oh, there it and, is. and one and the, the, the two spigots are color coded. Yes. One is red, and and, and I say, okay, blue? I'm no longer in my lab. I'm in the real world. And so blue is not hotter He's take than a step red. Back they, and think they think blue but is on cold. On his dumb ass so pants.
6: Oh, I gotta step this. I gotta set myself down.
7: It was like, okay, cool. Okay, like, hey, we're dealing with a bunch of idiots here. So you know, they know they don't know that that blue flames are hotter than you know. What
0: morons!
7: My whole life is a bunsen burner. You know, and I just look at it. That's all I know. <laughs>
9: I I waste. I can't tell you how much of my life I've wasted. <laughs> I can't, tell us. Tell us how much of your life you've wasted other than all of it, Neil. Staring at twin spigots on a water cooler, figuring out which one is the cold water.
0: Uh, which one's the cold? Which one's the good?
7: Man. Oh, that's. A once in a generation mind. Truly at the cusp of all that is possible. They don't science like them anymore. Yeah.
1: Carl whatever. Sagan,
7: same thing. Oh, blue, red. I don't know. Oh, that's funny.
6: <laughs> I'm glad that's the series of clips that we have on Neil. <laughs> that's all I need to know. That old Neil. <laughs> oh no, got to put on my moron pants again.
7: Blue is red, <laughs> and red is blue. Herpty derpty, fucking do. <laughs> it is the blue flame burgundy flame burgundy. You wouldn't know that, would you? You haven't been to Harvard, wherever the fuck you went. You didn't go to Harvard. Some Ivy League.
6: Goodness. He learned science at
7: Harvard Law School.
6: (laughs) Well, thank you again, Mr. Ed, for the uh, not only the intermission submission, but the uh, jolt to the past that uh, that that conjured up. (laughs) It's very wholesome and on a fly. Mm, Full of holes. Absolutely. Uh, we had another uh, the opener track that you were listening to tonight came courtesy of Make Heroism.
7: Yeah, yeah, this is hot. I, I want this shirt bad. It's a, uh, it's like a, a logo. It's like a green logo with a with a tongue st- uh, uh, face with a tongue sticking out.
4: That's I great. think
6: that's the is that Mister Yuck? Uh, maybe that's not his name, but it's like the international
7: poison symbol, if I'm not mistaken. If it is, I've never seen it before.
6: Uh, but yes, uh, the, there are two new if I remember correctly, let me actually go check. Uh yes, there's two new uh, t-shirts posted up at behind the com. The Dr. U yeah. and turned on and tuned in, which uh, Features some stream information for the show. On uh, the front side of the shirt and the back side is the BTS MTV logo. Uh, Oh, Mr. Yuck. Yeah, that's right. Face to the screen. That's his name. Mr. Yuck.
7: Mr. Yuck. Face to the screen remembers Mr. Yuck. Now I got to look at Mr. Yuck. Mr. Yuck. Poison, help. And That gives you a number. Oh, I like it.
8: Yep, uh, created
6: by the UPMC Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, and was mm. widely employed in the United States in labeling of substances that are poisonous and if ingested.
7: Well, if anyone asks, we don't know that, and uh, no one does, so. Consume. Eat it.
8: Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it.
7: Restrain yourself, Alex. He restrained himself. Oh my god,
6: fucking! I I tried out the first episode of season two of Inside Job, and they featured a Alex Jones cameo. Mm -hmm. Goodness, tell me, tell me, you know nothing of what you write about without actually saying that you know nothing of what you write about. Yeah, like I just it 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 irritates me to no end to watch a conspiracy theory cartoon, conspiracy theory cartoon uh make jokes about alex jones being a flat earther uh, it's just not the case
8: yeah
7: they don't even reference a real thing they just they make something up they don't look into it
6: oh no they definitely they introduce oh, i was like oh school sh- uh, sh- school shooting denying alex jones what are you doing here well, <laughs>
7: that's the whole identity of him now is the is the sandy hook thing which In reality, he really had not that much to do with it in the beginning. He denied it, and then I guess he docked some people or something. I don't know what... Dubious. He docked some people and did something, but, you know, then again... If you
6: go back and you listen to the four-hour-plus episode that uh, Sorcerer Seat Sitter did called Just the Clips, they have one on there, or he has one, specifically, He's got a clip on there that talks about the media at the time accidentally profiling uh, Lanza's brother as the shooter, and mm-hmm. he had ended up getting a ton of threats because the media just was like, "Oh yeah, this is the shooter. This is the guy. This is him." Where's their one billion dollars in fucking reparations that they got to pay? Oh. When, I when thought they, it was they,
7: a re, the. Re, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
6: Oh no, it's just they they doxed uh, and uh, it was a blatant display of um, immoral media practices.
7: Yeah, because the media do, the exact thing that they blame him for doing the media does every day casually without thinking. They dox people. They, I mean, look at what they did to Rittenhouse. Uh, it, it's just, it's a whole, well, I mean, the he, democracy did, he, abounds. Did, he did
6: murder three black people in cold blood, <laughs>
7: three people of color who, who were just minding their own business. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought that the real cake on top was that Ro- the actor, whoever played Robbie Parker was there for the, all these trials and all this stuff. Because the, the whole, like the big smoking gun of that whole uh, Sandy Hook thing was the Robbie Parker laughing. You had a you had you know a guy who was obviously like a a crisis actor or something. He stepped in, and he got into character, and he was kind of like cracking jokes, and then they're like, "Okay, we're going live," and he kind of gets into character and he starts crying, and it, it's it's everywhere. I mean, it's it's very easy to find. So that alone raises a lot of suspicion but then there was other stuff on top of it we won't get into it right now
6: i mean that's, I, that's
7: the same dude that's sitting
6: there rubbing his hands together and licking his lips when they're reading out the um the charge or not the
7: charges but the what they uh, put him front and center they did that on purpose to yeah. fuck with us they made him the central guy of this whole trial you really did this guy wrong and it was it was them laughing in the face of all of us you know yeah. We're in charge, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Look it to me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's great. It's it's some weird fan fiction that they develop so that they don't actually have to use their because there's everybody's so smart, you know. They're so much smarter than everyone else. Uh, Cut- they don't even need to learn. Cotton Jen had it. The damages. So
6: when they're reading out the damages to Alex Jones, Robbie's. Sp- in the courthouse or in the courtroom and he he rubs his hands together and licks his lips when they're reading off the, the financial numbers. It it could be a
7: show art, honestly. <laughs> oh <No>, totally. <laughs> we should we should absolutely make that show art. That's that's how justice tastes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's justice for you in this country. Dun 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 Face of the screen says, you know, Ben Franklin had the printing press. That was his thing. He was, a, he was a printer, and that was his weapon, and he was able to get that, his wealth and his notoriety for, for having a printing press, for making his own paper, making his own pamphlets, pressing others, his friends. And that, uh, I, that's what the Internet is now. The printing press is taken over by these people, but the Internet is the new printing press. And we are using it as a weapon. So there you go. Yeah, some of my favorite memes are the <laughs>
6: thirty thirty thousand year old death cult can't beat memes. That sort of mm-hmm. stuff.
7: I love it. I think I got a meme of that in the bottom of the show notes somewhere. Yeah, there it is. I got it right here. I'll I- uh, post it in the show notes, <laughs> or I'll post it in the chat. I mean,
9: like <laughs> I've got a a meme here. That I put in my
7: stack and I've lost But man does it say it all (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Alex
6: (laughs) Oh trillion dollar propaganda machine Little cute little dashing Mm. Up against
8: a crab A hermit crab (laughs) Oh that's good uh, I did want to also
6: shout out Make Heroism because he did up a, some banner art for us to post on the socials, and I had forgotten to include it on last week's producer credits. Hmm. A banner? Yeah. Features uh, both of our profile pictures from No Agenda Social.
7: Indeed. Indeed. It says behind yes. the scenes and the Scaly Show is live. Mm-hmm. Got that in the show notes. There's some other art, I think, brewing in the back, but he hasn't released it yet. Mm, I'm excited. I'm not sure what's happening, but
6: I like it. Indeed. Uh, But if you want to help produce public radio, all you got to do is go over to badradio.live and uh, turn this show into what you want it to be.
8: Do it. Do it. Be part of the revolution. Do it. Um... There's a uh,
6: (laughs) there's an OBDM ISO. Be a part of the magic. That would be pretty good to find a be a part of the revolution. Find that. Oh, uh, let's check in on the scream mills. You ready for this one?
10: Yes, indeed. Face to the screen, schemers. Yeah. This scream goes out to my brother, who on the phone earlier, uh, was telling me about he had lost his uh, pet lizard that he's had for like 20 years and like I had mentioned you know my dog's like 15 years old and he's about to go and he got really offended and he's like how long have you had that dog I was like well 14 15 years man and uh, I mean I understand like the lizard it sucks to lose your pet man but like the dog actually like crawls in your lap and you know he's been a good buddy for a long time and uh, you know the my brother called me a bitch on the phone. You know, I was just trying to be rational, but he called me a bitch and then acted like it was my fault for getting pissed off about being called a bitch and told me I wasn't making any sense, you know, so I've had a couple of drinks since then. I'm kind of chilled out about it. But I, this scream goes out to my brother, Bill. Damn caller! Yeah. Fucking bastard. I, anyway, I shouldn't have said that. He's still but. But uh, you know, enjoy your schemes, guys, because they're all around every day. Keep on grinding. Have a good night. Always grinding, caller.
7: That was a real. That's what the screen mail line is for, in a large way. You know, if you're having some troubles, maybe you're a little uh. Maybe you're just a little, you're having a rough week, well, then you call in, you can scream it out. We'll we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what's on your mind. And, uh, you know, I think you're on the right there. No one should be calling you names for being the voice of reason in the given situation. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> no
6: one
8: can get you quite like family can. No, indeed. And maybe that's what makes them so good at it.
6: Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, I can understand the, you, you have this sort of stable creature that you're taking care of for 20 years or 15 years in the case of a face of the screens dog. Like either way, it's just, you know, all of it kind of, kind of blows. Um, but it is,
7: that's just the way it goes. Losing a pet is always hard, especially if you've had it for a long time. But a dog is a friend. Mm-hmm. A lizard just wants to eat grubs and use you for warmth.
6: Yeah, I mean...
7: Doesn't even know who you are a lot of the time. I mean, not saying that lizards aren't cute and, you know, I'd have one or whatever, but... In, you know, it's
6: for, for, um... I'm not necessarily trying to insert myself into anything. But at the same point, somebody calls me a bitch. <laughs>
8: Let's go.
7: Yeah, you know, when someone calls you a bitch, it's uh, the conversation's over.
13: <laughs> mm-hmm. I may not know my flowers,
4: but I know a bitch when I see one.
7: <laughs> that was your brother. We you got that <laughs> clip live. We were actually listening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <coughs> um,
6: yes. So. If you ever want to get some catharticism out, or experience some catharticism, call us up. 612-263-7999.
1: That's
7: right. Get your cathartic release. 612-263-7999. And
6: I suppose that brings us into... Actually, you know what? I'm going to hold off just for a couple of minutes here on my main topic for tonight. Because I promised some Japan What clips. And uh I have been working with Matt uh PM Bigelow, Matthew com. I've been working with him and uh getting his podcasting uh his podcast, Japan What podcasting two point compliant. And he did it <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, nice. And we got a really nice shout out that um I have three clips here uh from his most recent episode. Um and i the reason I want to highlight these is because i it's it's very reassuring and comforting to hear somebody that understands and gets it and wants to play along uh, it's just it's it's cathartic uh so here's the first part of I believe this was episode seventy five
2: The fine folks at a no agenda adjacent podcast called behind the schemes and that's s c h 3 m 3 s you know like the elite speak the hacker code uh, behind the schemes i've been reaching out and um we i've been on their podcast before and they're good guys they're great guys and they they have like this um they're they're savvy for the the new infrastructure that's being implemented um, for uh, people making audio products and creators, whatever you want to call them, uh, podcasters, um, to avoid the whole um, algorithm, YouTube, big tech thing. Uh, It's kind of like, it's a little bit like Linux, where if you figure it out, you're some sort of genius. And I try to figure it out, but I'm also not a genius. So I'm kind of like a meth head that begins taking apart a bicycle and then just leaves all of the parts... Um, around his tent in some sort of um, tent city that everybody associated five years ago with California, but now it's just everywhere you look on um, Instagram. (laughs) Tent city. Um, We we used to have more of them in Japan, but the average Japanese homeless person is not a meth head and is like 65 years old. So um, I don't think they're, they're worried about all that. But anyways... Um, I've been getting into the the podcasting um, 2.0 infrastructure and um, very, very fascinating. Um, The new products that are coming out, the new um, applications, the new extensions um, really are for the end user and to connect the end user to the creator or the podcast or whatever you want to call it. I don't like the word creator very much, uh, you know, whatever. It's, It's 2023, maybe words change over time, Mr. Bigelow. Okay, they do.
6: Changing words is violence, okay? Unless we're the
7: ones changing the words.
0: Yeah. and Then then it's
7: righteous. And just. Okay. Now we're just being good people. Mm Mm-hmm. We're good stewards of the planet. Hi, I'm Steward. And
6: I'm Democracy. (laughs) And together...
7: (laughs) We're totally gay for each other. We're totally (laughs) fucking in charge, my dear. (laughs)
6: Um, and he, he does, uh, he, and I don't have the whole thing clip, but he did have a lot of really, uh, nice things to say about the actual interaction and using of the nude podcast apps. Um, he kind of focuses on the main, uh, like main three carrier caster found podverse. Um, and we'll, uh, get into the second clip here.
2: I've been trying to transfer over my podcast, um, from one app to the new apps, the, the podcasting two point. O apps And this is a value-for-value value scheme. And what makes this a value-for-value value is that nice. you can give uh, Bitcoin donations or Satoshis or Sats. You can stack Sats as you pod. Um, I've been using the Podverse app and the Fountain app. I got both of them. Mm. Um, and I connected the podcast to my podcast the japan web podcast this podcast japan web podcast Matthew pmbigolo.com um into the infrastructure here and uh, got some sat streaming um the guys up behind the schemes were kind enough to make a, a donation or a boostigram still not sure how to check if like um text was involved or some sort of audio thing or you just you just get a boostigram i'm not exactly sure the in um, the ins and outs of ins and outs of all of that yet
6: and i'm going to have to reach back out uh with some more Tips and tricks, because I don't actually know where Alby will show you the boosts as they come through, um, but I'm sure it's uh. somewhere, and uh, I'll probably end up clarifying with him that the V for V is it's not just the the streaming satoshis, it's the sharing artwork clips, so on and so forth.
7: It's the no, it's the no advertiser,
2: yeah,
6: uh, the participation, yeah, model, yeah, um. And this uh, this last clip here will ram this out.
2: Uh, i I recommend making the change because the apps look sweet. They look great. and it's um one of those uh, tech innovations that circumvents big tech in the way that you don't have to. You don't have to fall in line with, like, the um, the I need to get more followers on Twitter or I need to hack the algorithm on YouTube to go viral or something like that. It's not like this weird scheme. There's no... It's not like this weird behind the schemes. Um, <laughs> it's not like this weird mind fuck where you're just uh-huh, constantly gets- wondering... Why one mm-hmm. thing goes crazy and why one thing doesn't go crazy. But if you're interested in, in all of that and, and, and just want a solid user experience without a bunch of noise wow. associated with it, you know, algorithmic noise from the woke big tech idiots that continually meddle with our lives in ways we don't know through wireless streaming that comes into our phones and tries to psychographically manipulate all of us, this kills that, which is great.
6: Mm, preach it. I love it. Uh, that I was, like it. That was so good to hear.
7: Um, yeah, uh, I, he's, he's got a, he's articulate about it in a way that's that I think captures it very well.
6: Yep, and he's got a background working in learning models, machine learning models. Um, Ooh, so he's got a I think a finer understanding of just how psychologically manipulative YouTube, Twitter,
7: feedback, etc. Absolutely. And and what you have to do to succeed in those very specific places, like we, we could go on YouTube and then every episode we post, we post our faces and loud colors and all of these certain things that are known to snag the algorithm, ways to trick YouTube into promoting yourself. That has nothing to do with the content, has nothing to do with, with what it is you're actually doing. And you have to model everything you do around that instead of the other way around. Yes. Uh, and yeah, he summed that up very nicely, which I think is a point that isn't made enough because we take it for granted. Right. When, when we talk about value for value, we're always talking about nuts and bolts stuff. That's some general, excellent point to make that we just kind of all take anyway.
6: And that was from episode 76, Japanese NATO. Um, and I could not recommend this show enough. There was a little bit of a hiatus, uh, but he's back on the attack. Bringing Mm. him in. Go boost him. And uh Indeed. You wanna you wanna talk about uh
7: you wanna talk about what's hidden behind the green door? Oh, behind the green door. Do you know that? Uh you don't I bet you don't know that. Uh I, I have to I have to interlude and I have to say that Leo DiCaprio has only sung three times oh. in a movie ever, and the third time was him. In uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood,
5: that he correct. sings a
7: song called "The Green Door." Yes, that that is absolutely one hundred percent correct.
6: I didn't know it was his third time only singing. That's interesting. Yeah, uh,
7: you didn't happen to clip it, did you?
6: I <laughs> so I've got the Jim Lowe version. I've got uh, I've got a version by the Cramps. But I do not have the Leo one. I could probably find that real quick,
7: though. I got it. I got it. I'm posting in the chat right now.
6: Yeah, let's uh, let's let's start it out.
7: Hey! I think this
4: is it. Intellectual property rights are very important to me. Sorry, Sony. Yeah. <laughs>
7: door Uh, funny it's the chorus of the movie that's that's like an extended cut that isn't even in the film i'm pretty sure so sorry about that
6: no you're good you are totally fine that we'll uh we'll touch on that here in a second now my understanding of the green door uh came around in a little bit of a different fashion i had seen that movie um, but I guess I was not as familiar with the song, uh, nor knew sort of the mythos behind it, but as it goes, was, I was just shit posting on spook.social social, uh, one fine evening and I was, um, I forget exactly what I was complaining about. It was one of the new services I had signed up for. It's incessant email notifications. Anytime somebody, uh, posts in the chat, it's pretty annoying. Um, and, uh, you know, someone, someone was commenting on things that I could look into to alleviate the problems. It was fine. IRC came up and, uh, I invited said individual to come hang out in the green room. Um, cause IRC has by far been the most pleasurable experience with a quote unquote social media platform, uh, that I've ever experienced. And it's not even social media it's mm-hmm.
7: it's just a just a chat room <laughs> so it's the same thing with me it's like it's the adult version of uh, AIM but then it, it preceded AIM so i don't even know yeah chat rooms are the best
6: mhm it's not just a chat room
7: um
6: but uh this uh individual he i can't i'm not actually even sure how to pronounce his name but uh he's part of prometheus.systems keeni mm-hmm. maybe um he had commented on the green room saying a lifetime of secrets behind the green door.
7: Oh my, a lifetime of secrets behind the green door. And when you Google it, that phrase specifically,
6: it actually comes up with this crazy U S air force patch that mm, I'm looking at it. Spooky. It is very spooky. It's circular with a, uh, green inner, uh, sort of outline circle featuring a figure clad in like a green
7: cloak, maybe it's hard to say really. Green uh, cloak. It looks like he's he's wearing like a big wizard's hat. He's got big glowing red eyes. And a dagger. And a dagger pointing down as if he's about to stab down into something. Behind him. When I first saw it, I thought it was a Mothman. Mmm. I can see that. the eyes.
6: The uh, now, if you look behind him, you'll actually see sort of a, a world map, and in the uh, North American continent, there is a giant red arrow that points up somewhere. Uh, I don't know, maybe Nevada. It's
7: pointing to the the Rocky Mountains, the yeah. the southern portion of the Rocky Mountains, I would say, like Utah, Nevada, maybe not New Mexico. No, I would say uh yeah, Utah, Nevada. And it's a it's a cool patch.
6: Um there's not really a ton of information out there.
7: Oh, and I, the star of Ishtar at the top right. Did you catch oh, that? Oh I thought maybe that was a...
6: Uh, oh yeah, it is a star. Holy shit. I didn't even catch that.
7: Oh, uh, you've got a star in the east, by the way. It's on the right, right. So it's a it's a star of Ishtar in the east.
1: Hmm.
6: Yeah, the only um <laughs> Every, uh, and just a, one further detail the, uh, a lifetime of silence behind the is all in white. And then, of course, green doors and uh, a green, um,
7: a green thread. text. Yes. And there's two words green door.
6: Uh, that patch is available on eBay if you want to buy it. <laughs> Pick yourself up a copy today. Um, all right. there is, uh, this one consistent meme. Associated with this, I mean, it's almost a carbon copy, cut and paste for every page. They, they use this same little blurb and it says, this is a military patch originating from the 504th Flight Test Squadron operating out of Groom Dry Lake and Los Alamos Air Force Base. Okay. Most of these projects are classified and bearers of this patch are prohibited from discussing their occupation, hence a lifetime of silence in the 1930s. And uh, in a 1930s novel and a 1980s uh, pornographic film, they both have green doors that a character cannot gain access to. In addition, the military and most banks use green vaults. So the green door could be referencing that these, uh, that there are secrets that the public doesn't have access to the true meaning of this patch is currently classified and most likely will not be declassified in our lifetimes.
7: Uh, Now that you mentioned that it's out of Los Alamos, uh, now I'm thinking that it's a, a jet plane in Texas instead of a red arrow pointing at Utah or Nevada. Oh, interesting. I could see that. Could potentially be that. And then, yeah, you're bringing up Green Door being a door that the public doesn't have access to, a door of secrets. makes me think of um, Wizard of Oz. Oh, pay
6: no attention to the man behind the curtain?
7: Yeah, and the Emerald City. And the fact that they can't get in behind this giant green door, the the great green gate of Emerald City. And the the whole green city is really a city of illusion and and lies and deceit. You know what's weird?
6: if i If you go to the image I just posted there, a link to in the chat, um maybe it's a compression thing, but the the red just seems real blown out on that particular image, um, yeah, whereas the rest of the patch looks like you know thread for
1: a patch.
7: Mm. I don't think it means anything, but it's just strange. I guess it depends how small this patch is it be hard to get little details like that in there for a crappy military patch. Yeah.
6: But this other one. Not crappy, but you know. So the the one I just linked to there, that one that has kind of that blurred out red, it looks more like a star. So it's a star of Ishtar in the east and then a star over Los Alamos. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another, the one I actually linked to on uh, spook.social
7: it's got a more... Um, oh, I'm sorry. It's Los Alamos is in New Mexico. My bad. Which still, it's still in that area. Just want to clarify. I got Los Alamos mixed up with the Alamo. Mm. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but the other one, it looks more like an arrow.
1: hmm
7: It does look like an arrow. It doesn't have any any major features that would make it look like a plane.
6: So I mean in this the definition that I or the descriptor that I just read that's posted on so many different blogs they're just copying and pasting from each one I don't know if this is even a real patch you know this could just be some fun uh pasta who knows but it's it's got some cool uh, some cool mythos behind it um of course you've already referenced the green door uh the the song it was released by Jim Lowe in 1956 written by Bob Hutch Davy, and Marvin J Moore. Uh, funny enough, it actually knocked uh, Elvis's Love Me Tender out of the number 1 spot on the charts.
7: Oh, what an accolade to have for a song.
6: Yep. And for the original version Davie's the uh, I think he was the instra-instrumenter, he wrote the music. Um he uh <laughs> He added thumbtacks to the piano hammers and sped up the tape to produce a honky-tonk sound. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um,
7: uh, since, a classic uh, move.
6: Since we already played that, uh, that little clip from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I suppose I can skip the other two versions. I was going to let you pick between Jim Lowe
7: or The Cramps. Uh, well, I'd like to hear the the original, at least a bit of the Jim Lowe version. Oh, sure.
13: sleeping watching till the morning comes creeping green door what's that secret you're keeping there's an old piano and they play it hot behind the green door don't know what they're doing but they laugh a lot behind the green door they let me in so I could find out what's behind the green
4: door. Not once tried to tell them I've been
6: there. That's a
7: cool little honky tonk sounded track. No, oh, oh, for like the time, for, this was written in '56. That's a pretty rock and rolling tune for '56. <laughs> I gotta say. This would get them hips gyrating. Damn, Elvis was what, like 18 at the time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's nice. Now this and song, the lyrics are spooky, dude.
6: Yeah, um, I actually have the lyrics uh, posted there. Midnight, one more night without sleeping, watching till the morning comes creeping. Green door, what's the secret you're keeping? There's an old piano, and they play it hot behind the green door. Don't know what they're doing, but they laugh a lot behind the green door. Wish they'd let me in so I could find out what's behind the green door.
7: I like this next bit too Knocked once, tried to tell him I'd been there Door slammed, hospitality is thin there Wondering just what's going on in there (laughs) Oh, you know You know Oh, oh my
6: Yeah, saw an eyeball, midnight It's a spooky kind of song, Joe sent me
7: Yeah, yeah. Sign all, eyeball peep in through a smoky cloud behind the green door. It's kinda, yeah. It's a it's a little esoteric.
6: A little bit. And uh there's been quite a few different references uh to the green door throughout our history. Um let's see here. Was there any oh I did have a little blurb saying the song was featured in a single Once Upon a Time on Hollywood. Uh, some hypotheses about the song includes uh, the songwriter wrote the track about an after-hours bar in Dallas, Texas, where he was denied entry for not knowing the password. Uh, another hypothesis makes references to uh, this being the first lesbian bar in the in London known as Gateways. Okay, okay. Um, but also in 1921... The Green Door Tavern in Chicago was opened uh, shortly after the Great Chicago Fire. Um, this was a popular spot during Prohibition, and uh, the meme is that the Green do- Door to the bar came to symbolize speakeasies for the time.
8: Hmm. Okay, and, okay.
6: Fun fact, uh, it just it happened to be a synchronicity that I grabbed the shot glass for tonight. That was from the 42nd Street tour because during that contract, I actually went to this bar in Chicago. Really? Mm-hmm. I got some. Uh, I got some posters. Uh, excuse me, not posters, pictures in uh, in the show notes. Uh. Yep. And they have a flyer there posted at the bar in. 1872, immediately following the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, James McColl built this two-story balloon frame wooden structure with a detached cottage in the rear. Engineer McColl rented the front of the building to Mr. Lawrence P. Some FK maybe, who ran it as a grocery store with living quarters in the rear cottage. Following the fire, Chicago passed a fire code ordinance prohibiting construction of wooden commercial buildings in the central business districts. 678 New, uh, North Orleans is one of those few remaining frame structures built prior to this fire ordinance. The racking, or leaning, of the building occurred shortly after the building settled and has been that way for over 100 years. If you actually look in the photos of the bar, you can see I, I've got one where of the beam and it's kicked to the side a little bit. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. I'm looking um, at it. During Prohibition, a "quote" green door on a restaurant indicated the presence of a speakeasy. Today, the Green Door's hidden speakeasy still exists and is one of the few authentic speakeasies in the city. Um, so, yeah, it's a real spot. Mm. You can go check it out.
7: First of all, you took all of this back then when you were there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, and you had all of this to you had all this in your archives. That's, that's really cool.
8: That's true. Uh, second of all, that adds a lot of context, I think, to the song itself. No doubt. Yeah, this is the one where uh, you can actually see the rack
7: of the building. Oops, sorry. This is, now it makes the song cute because not only is it esoteric, but it has the double meaning of, of, of having the speakeasy connotation. Because the lyrics, it's, it's almost as if you know, you're at a speakeasy. They're peeking through the smoke-filled room. Oh, yeah. You don't know the password, buddy. (laughs) You don't know the password, yeah. (laughs) You ain't in. (laughs) Come on, Joe sent me. Nope. Nice try, buddy. Interesting. Um,
1: This looks
7: like a nice tavern, too. I was looking at the location of it. It is just north of the loop, or you could say it's kind of on the edge of the loop, uh, heading towards the Magnificent Mile and the theater district of Chicago. Which is just immediately north of downtown area.
8: I think
7: I think we ended up walking to this one. You can walk it,
6: assuming it isn't negative uh, twenty out there. We would have been staying at the Hard Rock in downtown. Okay, um, Hard Rock Hotel. I think we walked yeah. there. probably would have walked, <laughs> knowing knowing the times. Yeah, you know, who, who wants to take <sighs> a cab when you can just walk? No doubt, absolutely. Ah. I, I got so many steps in on tour. I'm just walking oh, everywhere,
7: and then charging around backstage. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not. Depending on what you're doing.
6: I mm, guess. Later years, spot up front of house, yeah. electrician
7: running the yeah, console. You're, you're not. Uh, you're not like moving set pieces and doing all that shit, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I miss Chicago. You're making me miss
6: Chicago. Well, should I? Uh, should I divert your attention with a little porn?
7: Oh, that's the per- that always diverts my attention. Easy. Let me uh let me play you a trailer. Uncut.
6: Unedited. Unraw. raw. raw this is uh- a <laughs> wrong and uncut. Uh it's about to get a little uh a little hot in here. <sighs>
13: I'm going to come. 1972, Gloria Saunders, wealthy San Francisco socialite, was kidnapped.
0: Hey, hey, hey. hey you son sort of a bitch, stop!
13: She was held captive. And behind the infamous green door, she was made to perform the most bizarre sexual experiment ever conceived in the twisted mind of man. Yeah. <laughs> Portraying Gloria Saunders is Marilyn Chambers, George McDonald, the Midnight Cowboy of porno flicks. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny Keys, Black Stud. Toad Attell, the female elf (laughs) Featured as bouncer of the Green Door Nightclub is the 260-pound giant of the Oakland Raider football team Ben Davidson (laughs) Oh, my God (laughs) Oh, my God (laughs) And the remaining players give depth and strength to their characterizations. And finally, to the North Beach lair of San Francisco's most degenerate society. Mm -hmm. It was here that Gloria Saunders' performance pulled those switches in the dark places. As Arthur Knight of the Saturday Review sums up, Behind the green door, it is sex as ritual, sex as fantasy, sex as it could be only in the movie. Don't miss Behind the Green Door. Oh man, are you sold? Sex as ritual. I yeah. Fuck yeah, I'm sold. God damn.
6: I want. I want. I want to share something with you, and I don't talk about this often. Uh, actually, I don't think I've ever brought this up on the show before, ever. So there's oh, a lot my. of firsts going on. But I for the very first time in my life, torrented a porno. That's right, everybody. Whoa! That's right, I popped this
7: cherry. Gee willikers, 2014 called Booberry. I know. <laughs> You're late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, gorgeous. Well, but this isn't just any porno. This oh. is a classic film.
4: Wholesome smut, I like that.
7: It's, it's ri- this is back when pornos were films when they were art pieces yes i
6: uh i didn't actually oh i didn't think to put the actual screenshot of one of the stills from the movie into the show notes i will dig that up for you momentarily um yeah this uh i watched it last night and it's uh it's a 70s porno film you don't say <laughs> Um Here's uh let me uh man oh, I should just Where to sh- begin with this with this marvel? I'm gonna begin with the intro
0: clip to the orgy. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you are about to witness the ravishment to... of a woman who has been abducted. A woman whose initial fear and anxiety has mellowed into curious expectation. Although at first, her reactions may lead you to believe that she is being tortured, quite the contrary is true, for no harm will come to those being ravished. In the morning, she will be set free, unaware of anything except that she has been loved as never before. Perhaps you'll recognize one of your friends in the role of victim. Remember, you are sworn to observe silence. If you break this rule, you will be dealt with severely. So, with the knowledge that you are powerless to stop the performance, just relax and enjoy yourself to the fullest extent. Are you ready? (laughs) Orgy's on. Yeah. (laughs) Way ready.
6: (laughs) Uh, I went back and found those images. Uh, It's a very artsy-fartsy
7: film. Uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how much into the details you want to get. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a loaded question, if I may say so myself.
6: It's uh, you know, it's it's all about this woman that gets kidnapped, and she's like, you know, she gets um, basically brainwashed by another lady of the organization. And she gives her a very sensual massage, and is talking to her in dulcet loving tones, kind of love bombing as it goes. And they pull her out on stage, and she gets pleasured by multiple female partners. And then, and then, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. The stud makes his entrance, and like this is the second time we see the green door open. The first time is when, uh, what was her name, Marilyn? Do Marilyn Chambers? Uh, the first time the green door opened was to bring her out on stage. Now, the stud makes his entrance. And this guy, a ripped black guy, um, it doesn't age well. I can tell you that. Because... You don't say. He's got tribal paint on. And, uh... What's a... Ch- uh, like, riding chaps. The assless kind. And no underwear. So it's... Big, big black dong. Just, boom, right there. Spotlight. This is
7: extremely San Francisco, by the way. This whole thing is set in San Francisco. This is the most San Francisco thing I've ever heard. And... The black guy being painted, assless chaps, coming in to, well, to this, bang the two little white chicks. This is the first full-length
6: hardcore film, supposedly, that featured... Uh, an interracial scene.
7: Oh my! This movie is trailblazing, bro. That's also very San Francisco. <laughs> it, they had raider. There's a, there's an ex raider in there. Oh, it's so nice. Um, my tribalism has been triggered. Booberry. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to be into this. What's not it's, to love? It's porno. It's Bay Area. It's fucking. You made this for me. <laughs> this this is it. Um. Now Last
6: the film. The lead. Uh Marilyn Chambers has zero lines of dialogue in the movie. Uh, features the first interracial scene. Um this along with Deep Throat and Blue Movie by Andy Warhol helped launch the golden age of porn or porn chic. Now lots of bush. Um Of course. It was shot on a $60,000 budget and garnered 1 million dollars after release. And oh my
7: goodness. I know.
6: Uh, it's got it, this is one of the first widely distributed porno films in the united states
7: this is this film walked so that deep throat could run oh dude it's
6: uh it ended up pulling about 50 million after all the vhs sales
7: that's nuts made on a budget of 60k Mm -hmm. dummy oh dude but who made all that money not the actors (laughs)
6: well so um I'll, i'll read this straight from imdb After appearing nude uh, in the mainstream film Together, uh, her first lead role, Marilyn Chambers, moved from West Point to San Fran, where she held several jobs that included
7: topless model
6: and bottomless
7: dancers. (laughs) Topless model and bottomless dancers. And then she she figured, what if I had a job where I was both topless and bottomless (gasps) at the same time? Stand by for a second. (laughs) And? Topless. And bottomless. And a new era was born. New podcast New San Francisco <laughs> <Nude Podcast apps. laughs> is always at the epicenter of smut.
6: You, you gotta love it. Um, Chambers sought work in theater and dance groups in San Fran to no avail. In 72, she saw an advertisement in the San Francisco Chronicle for a casting call for what was billed as a quote, major motion picture. She rushed to the audition, only to find it was for a pornographic film, which was to be called *Behind the Green Door*. She was about to leave when producers Artie and Jim Mitchell noticed her resemblance to Civil Shepherd. I'm not sure who that is exactly. Um. Anyways, they invited her upstairs. Uh, they told her the film's plot. She was highly dubious about taking the role, uh, especially in a pornographic pornographic film, fe- fearing it might ruin her chances at breaking it into the mainstream. But she was turned on by the fantasy of the story and decided to take a chance under the condition that she receives a hefty salary and a percent of the film's gross. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. She also incented, uh, insisted that each actor get tested for VD. Uh, the Mitchell brothers balked Great. at
7: her request of the percentage. The Mitchell brothers, yeah, The Mitchell brothers did this, didn't they? The uh, Mitchell brothers uh, strip club was one of the biggest strip clubs in San Francisco for decades. Uh, they, I wonder if they got a lot of their funding from this.
6: They definitely did. Now that, now that you're saying it. Anyway, please continue. Um, uh, They finally relented realizing the film needed a wholesome blonde actress. They paid her $25,000 and 1% of earnings, which brought her to 2000 to 2,500 per month in 74 making her that's the highest-paid porn actress in the country at the time. Yeah, no doubt. She yeah. got a percentage. Yeah, baby, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Uh, she's also, <laughs> she was the symbol of the ivory snow soap. Um, yes, so, that's, Bullysteed just said that in the chat. Uh, Procter and Gamble was not happy to find out that one of their uh, former faces of the company was getting uh, money shots in theaters nationwide.
7: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you Procter and Gamble, I and mean, with a name like that, what do you expect? Mm-hmm. Um, nice. This
1: lady like oh, was, was a friggin'
6: star. It was on the Internet Archive, of course. Of course I didn't think to check that. Damn it.
7: Shit. Oh, well, that's fine. Now I can Ooh. link it. There you oh, go. <laughs> oh, look at this! Now I can watch it without having to torrent it. Oh, uh, I'm just skipping through it right now, and oh my goodness, there's a whole trapeze scene. And let me just tell you, very impressive, very impressive. Jesus Christ, uh, I got to show this to my buddies now. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna throw this on at a party on like a on the projector or something.
6: It, man, it's a, it's got some, uh, artsy fartsy bits. Actually, speaking of artsy fartsy, do you want to hear what it sounds like when they come? Yes. This is the sound of me coming. That's how the Mothman comes. And it's four minutes of penises ejaculating in slow motion. All right. Well, that's pretty <laughs> ritualistic. <laughs> there's, there's these whole like, they're they're doing um. Colour prints, things of that nature. You know, there's they're doing color shifts and, and um it's very warhol in its pop pop art sort of uh, fashion.
7: It's uh, it's taking a lot from Warhol, probably. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just Yep. Back in those Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean <laughs> Sorry, to uh, overs- overspeak the coming. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming, they keep coming. <laughs> they green bully steed nails it in the chat. Green door is responsible for more loads washed, so Procter and Gamble should thank her because she's definitely sold a lot of soap. Yep, she is uh, driving business. Yeah, she's a one woman business phenomenon. If you see <laughs> those old classic uh, <laughs> phenomena, if you see these old classic pornos. They're very artsy. They're very artistic. They're very expensive to make. $60,000 isn't, like, cheap in 1972 to make a porno. I mean, it it is and it isn't, you know? And they had these guys that knew how to use the cameras. The cameras were big and bulky and difficult to use, and it was a whole different animal. And Like you said, she was intrigued by the script and the project. The fantasy behind it? The fantasy, the story, and then... From what I'm guessing, although you have, I don't think you've actually said it out loud, but I'm taking it that this is based off of the Patty Hearst kidnapping. I did not see that connection anywhere because that is the big famous tale in San Francisco of Patty Hearst getting kidnapped so that they could ransom her uh, by some extremist communist organization, and then she totally got Stockholmed into it, and uh, and was basically they said that she was brainwashed. And she became a member of this extremist organization. And you know who William Randolph Hearst is.
8: Um, I don't.
7: Oh, publishing magnate. You know the movie, um, uh, The Great Citizen Kane by Orson Welles? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how it's about this media magnate who is just driven crazy with, wants power and everything? Yeah. That's based off of William Randolph Hearst. He was a San Francisco media magnate, and um, he was at one point so powerful a force in media that he was able to basically trick the American government into going war with Spain uh, in the Philippines. He's partially responsible for us going. I think. I think that's what it was. It was. Some we went to war with Spain over somebody, and I think it was the Philippines.
6: He sensational, according to the Book of Knowledge, sensationalized Spanish atrocities in Cuba while calling for Cuba. war in 1898 against Spain. Uh, yes. His historians, however, reject his subsequent claims to have started the war with Spain as overtly exaggerant.
7: Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, the the media industrial complex does what it does, but yeah. Well, but he got, was the guy, though. They got a business to run. <laughs> yeah, as far as the West Coast is concerned, between him and the L.A. Times, they basically were the news. And L.A. Times was rife with uh, eugenicists.
8: Oh not, yeah.
7: If not founded by a eugenicist, pretty sure William Randolph was probably a eugenicist himself. He has a giant house that is built in central California in some of the most beautiful land you've ever seen. And it's called the Hearst castle. And it's, I think one of the largest residences ever built uh, single family residences. It's massive. And uh, it's very famous here. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of citizen Kane was filmed at that giant estate. And yeah, this whole family is well known. So I think that this, this porno is based off of that incident. His daughter kidnapped and ransomed and brainwashed. Oh, look at, look at this uh, political cartoon, Hearst,
6: the wizard of ooze. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good.
7: They say that he crushed uh, Orson Welles career at least. He made the greatest, you know, arguably the greatest film ever made and then never made anything really after that. And he blamed, uh, Orson Welles blamed Hurst for that in part. Uh, was there a smear campaign or? Oh, yeah, a massive smear campaign against this guy. I mean, Hearst took a personal personal uh, relish in trying to ruin his career. Mm. I see private
6: browsing is also recommending a drunk history on Patty Hearst. Oh, that might oh. be uh, fun to check out in a post-show. That would be cool to check out, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, uh, you'll have to remember to help me queue it up. Um, Indeed. How are we doing on time here? Because I, I did have two other... Uh, hmm. Well, let me... Um, That's really all I have on the actual uh, Behind the Green Door, the, the porno film. Um.
7: There's uh, a... <laughs> unfortunately we could we could rip on that all fucking night but yeah
6: the uh i i did find this uh google book unfortunately i'm not sure if there's a another version of it out there available but it was called hardcore power pleasure and the frenzy of the visible which is a book about uh por- it's like a one of those college essay master classes
7: on pornography mm. <laughs> So, okay. I wonder what you got to do to get the, be the professor of that class.
1: Oof.
7: One Oof. of Johnny Sin's many uh, occupations, you know, firefighter, plumber,
8: college professor. I'm trying to, let's see if there's a uh, good night, Bully Steve.
7: Yes, have a good night, Bully.
8: Dame Bully. Dame B has left the building. Uh,. <laughs> I'll 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 just give you a, a little um
6: <laughs> brief snippet. The first sex number brings Gloria on stage. A group of Grecian maidens stroke her with vibrators, identical to the one she used on herself in bed. Wait, is this behind the green door? Shit. I don't remember her name in the movie.
7: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Why would yeah. you? Yeah. Anyways. If you want to read that Ivana Hump a lot. Whoa.
6: Um, There was two other references to The Green Door that go back a little further even than Jim Lowe's song. In 1940, Mildred A. Wirtz wrote a book called Behind the Green Door. Now, I should state that the Behind the Green Door porno film was based off of carbon copy books that were being traded around at the time, kind of under-the-counter smut stuff. Um I could not mm-hmm. find an original copy of that story unfortunately. Um mm. which you know is what it is. Oh, you know what? Before we even go further than that, I'm sorry. I want to go back because there was a big legal case associated with Behind the Green Door. Uh which was in in Atlanta, prosecutors charged the owner of the Paris Adult Theater, Claude Davies Ballou with a misdemeanor for showing an obscene movie in the criminal court of Fulton County. The jury of five persons selected to hear the case found Ballou guilty. The Georgia Georgia court of appeals affirmed his conviction, finding that the movie violated the obscenity standards of Miller versus California. The state appeals court determined that behind the door was degrading to sex. Um, And then Ballou ended up appealing it all the way up to the Supreme court which invalidated his obscenity conviction because the court in Baloo versus Georgia established that juries must consist of more than five members to satisfy the Sixth Amendment fair trial standards. The obscenity yeah. prosecutions also filed in Louisiana and Colorado against those who sold or showed the movie led to convictions that were overturned on appeal.
7: Interesting. You, you got to stand up for your right to smut. I'm just saying you got to be able to afford to take it all the way to the Supreme Court. I mean, I don't know how long it took him to get all the way there. But I was thinking when he said that it was a five-man jury or five-person jury then uh, I was like, that's weird. I've never heard of a five-person jury before.
6: Uh, It looks like it took about five years to get it to the Supreme Court. Yeah, that probably wasn't cheap. No,
7: not at all. But if you get that behind the green door money rolling in... (laughs) <laughs> I guess so. If it's still making money, then, yeah, I mean, if you can afford to, to push it.
6: Yeah. Um, so I, I, I thought that was fun. You know,
7: it's always fun to see people sticking it back to the man. That is an interesting legal case that I've never heard of before. Oh.
6: Um, now, there is The Behind the Green Door by Mildred A. Wirtz. Uh, this is kind of like a penny novel. Um, oh, what's that detective bitch's name? Harriet Tubman. <laughs> Harriet Tubman. Uh, uh, like Nancy boy. Drew. Nancy Drew. That's the one.
7: <laughs> yeah, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Tubman on the job. Uh, I run
6: a mean street. You get
7: Harriet the spy is is private browsing. <laughs> says in the chat, you're probably getting mixed with Harriet the spy. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Harry uh, Tubman was a spy. so I, <laughs> I know that's what's funny about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is all very full circle. It's very legal and very cool what we're saying right now.
6: Uh, my my 5D chess jokes go all the way up and through. Sounds uh, painful. I, I hope so. Um, <laughs> so, in this particular novel, Penny Parker is the name of the protagonist. Uh, she and her dad are planning a Christmas skiing trip to a lodge when uh, Mr. Parker, her father, is forced to cancel his plans. A businessman who owns a chain of hotels is suing the newspaper of which the lead works. Um, one of uh, one of Parker Penny Parker's reporters quoted a football player as saying the business magnate had offered him a bribe to throw a game, uh, and the player says that never never happened, and the businessman is lying. Um, so, she ends up heading to this ski lodge to figure out uh, that there's some bigger mystery uh, going down. There's something afoot. something is amiss. something's a stank. Uh, Maxwell, the businessman shows up and seems to be in a sort of dealings with Ralph Fergus, another hotel man who owns the Fergus Hotel, a rival establishment to the Downing Lodge where Penny is staying. It looks like Fergus and Maxwell is trying to run Miss Downey out of business, but why? Penny discovers that Fergus's hotel. Has a mysterious green room where only those with an invitation can go. Uh, she sure has something to do with the shady business going on. And then a woman she met on the flight up to Pine Top uh, suddenly acquires new mink coats. Says that she could get one for Penny too to a cheap price. It isn't long before she figures out the connections, all the mysteries, and the scoop. Survival reporter for from another newspaper in the process. Hmm. So that whole there's something mysterious goes all the way back to 1940, which predates the song of 1956,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
6: sixteen years, which is not.
8: I mean, that's not a, like a
7: trifle amount of time. No, not at all. Uh, although you did make the connection to prohibition, which would mean that it went all the way back to the 20s. That is true. And
6: fun fact, it goes back even further. What I know now. Who knew? You uh, did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happens sometimes. Not not often. <laughs> not as often as you would imagine, but enough. Um, oh, it happens all right. I found out that I, I believe the the earliest reference to the green door comes from one writer, O. Henry. And he has a short story called The Green Door. Hmm. An Irishman. Makes sense. Now, this thing is just under seven pages. Uh, it's fairly short. I do have a PDF of the full thing linked in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, I was going to offer it up as a cold read. Uh, we are We are doing okay on time. I mean, it's... I, I, it's your call if you want to go through it or not, or I can sum it up for you quickly. I,
7: I mean, maybe like a quick excerpt and then a summary. How about that? Um, Let's see. Quick expert or excerpt. Uh, no, me- just something that mentions the green door. If there's anything that pops out.
8: Try to remember what page it was. Ah, Here we go. The young adventurer stopped at the
6: corner to think. Then he went across the street. Walked further and returned across the street to the first side. Now he again walked past the black man. Again he received a piece of paper. Ten steps away he looked at it. There were the same words that had appeared on the first page. The green door. Three or four other pieces of paper were lying in the street where they had been dropped. He looked at them. Every one had the doctor's name on it. Two times now adventure had asked Rudolph to follow. He was ready. So what mm. happens in this is uh, there's a man that's passing out business cards you know, of local businesses and whatnot, and um, our protagonist, our adventurer, pays no mind to it um, until one day he just gets, he gets the call. You know what the call is. The call to adventure? Mm-hmm. So he goes up and takes, takes, a, takes a card from the man, and it says the green door. And he takes that as a sign and is like, well, you know, I'm, I I forget exactly how he ends up in this building, but he goes inside and in there he sees that there's this green door. So he goes down the hallway to the door and opens it and inside he finds a jobless starving woman who has just recently collapsed from starvation. And he's like, "Oh my God! They're like, oh, you, you got to get something to eat. Like, oh goodness, let me help you." So he uh, ends up cooking up something for her, and you know she's down and out. Uh, it's tough times in the turn of the century. It's tough keeping down a job, and um, they end up forming this like sort of bond, this friendship. And uh, she ends up asking him, like, "Oh, what, what brought you here?" He's like, "It was." The Green Door. It was this card that was given to me. And um he ends up circling back to the to the guy that he got the card from originally, and he asks him about it. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's a show at a local theater down the way called the Green Door. You just missed it. So the green door in this scenario represents this call to adventure where you
8: never know what you're going to find on the other side. Hmm. I see. Uh, it's a short little read. You know, it's,
6: it's definitely worth uh, checking it out. It's pretty much damn near there at the bottom of the show notes, uh, right before all of our opener and intermission closer clips, etc.
8: Hmm. Nice. Good find. Yeah. You like that? I do. Mm. I, uh, I think
7: that this green door covered a lot of ground with it. It's an interesting motif to, to keep in mind. Cause I feel like you see a green door often. Mm-hmm. I think, isn't there a green door in, uh, in The Hobbit and in The Lord of the Rings? Isn't Bilbo's house have a giant green door? Yep, big round green door that uh, Gandalf knocks on. I mean, maybe it's a little bit of over perhaps, but still. Well, no, to keep in mind. I mean,
6: the call of adventure is at the door. Is that the
7: green door? Yep. Just like that. You know what they say about cellar door? What's that? They say that it's the most beautiful words in the English language.
8: Cellar door. Cellar door. Cellar door. Ooh. I got chills. That's how it's that's how good it is. Mm, my goodness.
6: Um, wow. Yeah, that's uh that's, that's all I got there. Um, I ain't got no more eclipsing unless you want to hear more cum.
7: <laughs> I am going to watch this film. I hope you... From front d- to back. Yes. <laughs> I want a four-page essay, double-spaced, MLA format. There are going to be some dirty pages, but I'll get them to you.
8: <laughs> Sticky The fuck is it Ugh. <laughs> Ugh
7: A plus Um
6: we don't have any other scream mills, But that won't stop you From calling us up during the week Where you can tell us about how you are doing you want to scream You want to cream You want to dream Anything and everything it's all there
7: Indeed uh Uh, Thank you for joining us for episode 138 of Behind the Schemes. Uh, Such a pleasure. You know, I gotta say, we're live every single Monday night. That's every single Monday night at 530 Pacific, 730 Central, uh, Eight wait, 530, 730, 830? 830 Mountain Time. 8.30 Mountain Time. Wait, 730 930, 7.30, 9.30, and 10.30. I've never messed this up before. <laughs> 5.30 30, Pacific, 9.30 30 Pacific, uh, 8.30 uh, Mountain Time. Uh, you can get us every single Monday night. You can find us at ZososCorner.Substack.com. You can find us at LoveIsLit.com. It's been such a pleasure getting behind the schemes with you tonight. Yeah, it was a fun one. It was a wholesome one it was a wholesome one it was there's was tight circles being drawn here
6: oh yeah there's trapeze artists everywhere that'll make a little more sense when you watch the
7: the movie indeed indeed <laughs> we can swim up these goats and collect the blood and do what we gotta do yeah. oh i should check and make sure we didn't oh we got
6: uh, we got a couple of boosts there we missed damn well, thank you, Tom Starkweather, for the 4,400 sats through Curiocaster. Thank you, Tom. Boosting the live tag. And then we got 6543 from Pirancy saying, Ferme le bouches." Ferme les bouches. Bouche. And lastly, Bully Steve was boosting that gimp saying, BTS brings the goodies on Moan Days.
7: Rishna and Karl Marx. Mm Mm-hmm. keeping alive every single Monday night thanks to everybody who's in the chat room you can find them at hashtag green room you go to irc.zero.net on any uh, thing if you want to get a quick link to that of course just go to zososcorner.substack.com and click on the link to get in the chat room that's where things are happening and get excited for next week because we got
6: famed author Charlie Robinson joining us
7: (laughs) Charlie Robinson that's right coming in hot Coming in hot, and I'm
6: gonna go get hot with some tentacles. This has been Booberry, mock Man of the Miniocalypse.
7: Man, it's time to cool myself down. I've been lavish.
0: In the morning. BadRadio.live. Yes. Yes. I may be
13: lonely, but I'm never alone. That's
2: how the most things this is a value for value scheme.
5: Stink. Stink worse than an elevator full of Martha Stewart. It was bad radio.
0: This is Behind the Schemes. The esoterica of your dreams. <laughs>